Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Thursday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Saltzer. 202, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. No, we don't have the YouTube uh, stream up. Hopefully it's going to get resolved at some point. YouTube's still angry at us for absolutely no reason, but we're hoping that (laughs) things get going again soon. Cardinals got it going again last night at Camden Yards. Boy, if they're playing in Atlanta or Baltimore, this Cardinals team basically a world series contender anthony almost everywhere else they're not they're not good i I can't figure out if this is really good or really bad for the cardinals that they're playing better at this point of the season i don't know if you understand my thought on that yeah can i can i tweak go ahead can i tweak it to like my thought on what you're talking about i'll tweak it all over the mic here yeah boy I don't know if it matters from a team standpoint, but I do think it matters for like individual guys. For example, Drew Rom. So Drew Rom grew up in Baltimore's organization, climbed the ranks, always wanted to pitch for the Orioles. Well, last night he towed the rubber at Candom Yards. And he dominated. Five and a third, two hits allowed, no runs, three walks, seven Ks over 93 pitches. To the Cardinals front office, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Does the Cardinals front office look in and say, ah, we got our guys. We're good. So that's what, the, what that's you're the saying concern. right now is exactly what my concern is. Perfect. Is so that you get a couple of spotty, spotted performances and all of a sudden, uh, maybe internally we have the answers. Yeah. We don't have to spend anything. We I, got the guys right here. But what bugs me about that is are you taking in the full body at work? Because there's a couple of games where Drew Rahm has pitched where it's been batting practice. Nothing against I'm happy for the young man, you know, but he has literally been really good or not good. Yeah. Really good or not good. And every time he has a really good game, we're like, well, ah, let's see what he let's see the next one. Mm-hmm. And last night was a great performance, but still only was five and a third. It wasn't like he went seven or eight. But nonetheless, we find the positives. My negative is that internally the front office will look at this and go, we have quite a few options to push for our rotation next year. Yeah. You know, if we get that one version of Dakota Hudson, he's there. We've got Zach Thompson. We've got Drew Rom. We've got Graceffo, McGreevy. We've got a lot of arms uh, internally here. Maybe we don't have to break the bank. In the offseason, maybe the maybe the solutions are right here, right now. Cost control too. Mm-hmm. That's the mistake I don't want the Cardinals to make. Same. You know when it's okay. You know when I would be okay with the Cardinals saying we got all these internal options. We're just going to roll with that next year. Do you know when I'd be okay with that? If they weren't planning to contend. If if this upcoming season, this 2024 season, it's not even upcoming. We're not even done with 2023, unfortunately. 
But for 2024, Jamie, if the thought was, you know, the offense is good, but the pitching hasn't been great, we're going to roll with the young internal options that we have. Okay, then the expectation shouldn't be winning the NL Central. But that's not what they've been saying. That's not what this Cardinals organization has been about. That's not what the fan base expects. We expect a contender again next year. This was been this has been miserable for the fan base, miserable for the team, miserable for the organization. A lot of red seats at Bush Stadium throughout the course of the year. Empty seats. They're they're planning on contending next year. If you're planning on t- on contending for 2024, then you better get off your dead ass and sign some some legit pitchers. If you're not planning on contending, if it if you view 2024 as a transition year, then fine. Then go with the internal options. Okay. But this team plans on contending, so let's go. Let me ask you this. When you look at this team, is it a team where you think they're built to contend? Yes. Or is it a team that is built to rebuild? No. Contend. Your offense, your offense is that of a contender. Yes. You have Nolan Arenado at third base, Paul Goldschmidt at first. You're not paying if if you're not contending, then trade those guys. But you are contending. It's why you're paying them. It's why you didn't even explore trading Paul Goldschmidt at the deadline when I thought that would have been smart. You're gonna contend for next year. Your offense is good enough. You need you need wholesale changes with the pitching staff. Go make them now. And still have all those internal options. Those internal options aren't going anywhere. Drew Rom's not going anywhere. Dakota Hudson's not going anywhere. Zach Thompson's not going anywhere. All the young guys that you have, oh, great. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. But you still better be aggressive if you're going to contend in 2024. The only place where you're not a contender is your pitching staff. Correct. So that that's why, like, this is why I get frustrated at times is because the problem is right there. It's it's. It's easy to identify. Now, is it easy to fix? No, it's not. Because even if you go sign a big money pitcher, let's say the Cardinals get, wake up one morning and they're like, let's get crazy. Let's, let's go get, get nasty. Let's go get Nola. One of the two guys. And they pay whatever it takes. There's no guarantee that guy's going to stay healthy. There's no guarantee he's going to go out there and win you 20 games. No guarantee he's going to be the ace. Now, the odds would support that he's probably going to do that. Mm-hmm. But the injury thing is real. And so there's no guarantee. Now, you assure yourself a better chance, that's for sure. Uh, but looking at this as the offseason, if I'm John Mozalock, I'm Michael Gersh, and I'm the DeWitt family, I'm like, okay, okay. Pitchers, that's it. I don't even want to look at a positional player. We don't need one. In fact, we need to clean up some of this stuff and get rid of a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. We don't need one. I don't know if one becomes available, a free agent or something that's like stupid not to take that, sure. yeah. fine. But our concern is the pitching staff. That's where I want them to be uber focused is getting starters. I don't personally think they're going to break open the Brinks truck for Aaron Nola or Blake Snell. I just don't see it happening. With, with those other big dogs off the market, all of the teams are going to be focused on these two guys. I think the number is going to get to be too big for the Cardinals to feel comfortable with putting that much money towards one guy. Mm. But if that's the case, then go get go get solid pitchers. I know you're not going to get, yeah, we need a number one and we need an ace. Those guys aren't falling off trees anytime soon. Maybe you can orchestrate a trade for them, but if that's the case, then you're going to have to, you're going to have to dig into this roster that you believe is a contending roster 
for offensive guys because nobody's going to just take your garbage and give you gold. Nobody's going to do that. So why not? And I know it's a very Cardinals thing to do, but at least go get a couple of really good two, three, four guys. You may not get a number one. You may not get an ace. Probably not. But at least go get two guys that are a two, three, or four, and then figure it out from there. I mean, I know it sounds very Cardinals-esque to do that type of thing, but what are what are the options? No, let's let's get real about the ace situation, can we? That, well, that's what I'm trying to like. I know the text line. Our listeners are like, no, they need an ace. They need a number one. Okay, they do. But how do you get there if there's no ro- road to get there? How do you get there? You have to develop one. Well, yeah, but well, that's no, not happening before next year, Anthony. No, you're right. But let's let's be real about this. They have not developed an ace, so. Therefore, you don't have one for next year. Spencer Strider is an ace. Braves developed him. Aaron Nola is an ace. The Phillies developed him. You develop an ace. To go out and get one in free agency, you're rolling the dice. Ask the New York Mets. Wow. They got all of them. And uh, sometimes it works out. Sometimes you're the Nationals and you land Max Scherzer. Steven Strasburg was developed. Now, he had injury-plague season after injury-plague season, but he was good enough to get a massive contract and to help the Nationals win a World Series. You develop an ace. Therefore, then you're not in a position to fight over Blake Snell and Aaron Nola. Good pitchers, number one, certainly. But they're not cost-controlled. They're probably not going to match the contract that they sign. Because most free agents don't. And they're not going to be cost-controlled youngsters. You have to develop those guys. What about 2024? I know. But this is the price you pay for making the mistakes that you, mistakes that you did in previous years. Whether that be Matthew Libertor, that trade. Whether that be Dakota Hudson in the first round. Whether that be Jake Woodford in the first round. Whether that be Jack Flaherty's injury situation. Whether that be Matt, Michael Walker's injury situation. Mistakes were made, injuries happened, so there's a little bit of bad luck there as well. You de- you didn't develop an ace. Carlos Martinez, another example. Guy that went sideways. Boy, did he ever. Alex Reyes, unfortunately, yeah. injuries did him in. I'm not saying it's all because the Cardinals just made dumb mistake after dumb mistake after dumb mistake. They made some missteps, they caught some bad luck, and now they don't have an ace. You have to develop those guys. So let me ask you this, Anthony. A couple of people chime here, chime in here on the Air Comfort Service text line, which, by the way, feel free at any point to join the show. Uh, that number to text in is 314-399-9646. If the Texas Rangers can't make a, can't truly make a run at it this year because they put all their eggs in one basket. Another example. I know, another example. But if they can't make a run this year, if, if it falls short, falls flat, Scherzer's injured now, all that stuff, would you kick the tires on trading for Scherzer in the offseason? You got one year left on his deal. What's he making? Forty million next year? Yeah, I, yes, I'd be interested. Yeah. Yes. Do you think the Cardinals would be? Uh, would he be interested in coming to St. Louis? Again? I think he would. After they passed on him, wasn't he? Wasn't it? Wasn't there some? But I think Max Scherzer would also look at it as an opportunity to be the savior. Great. Yes, of course I'd be interested in Max Scherzer. Of course. But would the Cardinals do that? At forty million, forty five, it's only a one year deal. Those deals can't don't hurt you, but that's Correct. a big deal. That's yes. a lot of money. I don't know. 
They should be. That's that's how I can answer that. They should be interested in a Max Scherzer. Even coming off the injury? Yes, of course. If you're the Rangers, I'm not giving them up, though. Yeah, I mean, but you might look at this. What does their roster look like next year? I, they're all in. Yeah, they are right now, but it blew up in their face because of a couple of injuries. They're going to have to stay all in. Okay. You're paying Corey Seager. You're paying Marcus Simeon. You're paying Jacob DeGrom. You got to stay all in. The New York Jets are all in this year. I know Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You got to stay all in. You got to be you got to be making moves based on your off-season plan, which is we need we still need a quarterback. The Kirk if if the Vikings lose tonight and you're the Jets, you're calling the Vikings. Hey, what would it take to get Kirk Cousins here? Teams that are all in should stay all in. You decided you're up. You pushed your chips into the center, man. Your card didn't come up on the on the river. Okay. Or the flop. What's it what's the first? Is the flop the first? Flop. Flop. Yeah. Or your card didn't come up on the flop. The river's the last one. Guess what? You're still all in. You made that decision. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. What do the latest signings by the Blues tell us about their preferred style of play? That's next on 101 ESPN. If you think Mo's going to be real busy in the offseason, then you apparently haven't seen his act before. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. The Blues earlier today announced that they have signed Nick Ritchie to a professional tryout. Doug Armstrong noted that Ritchie, 27, split last season between the Coyotes and the Flames, recording 26 points, 13 goals, 13 assists, 53 penalty minutes in 74 regular season games, had been signed to a PTO contract. Jamie, what what do the Blues' latest moves? So, Ritchie... Sunquist, Hayes, what have the recent signing slash trades done by Doug Armstrong tell us about the preferred style of play for this Blues team heading into this season? Well, I think what we're going to look at is a team that is all about, again, reiterating what we talked about the other day, being really heavy on the forecheck, getting pressure on the opposition in the offensive zone and establishing a forecheck. I'm also looking at a team that got a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Got guys who uh, are, are completely comfortable playing along the boards, playing the cycle game, the puck possession game. Look at the size of some of these guys. Nick Ritchie's 6'2", 225. Guy's a bull out there. He'd rather run through you than around you. Mm-hmm. Oscar Sundquist, Sammy Blay, Mackenzie McEachern, Kevin Hayes, Braden Shen, Jake Neighbors. That's a lot of guys that are not not afraid to get into the corners. Big time. You know it, Chief. You like those guys. But I, So I look at the style of play, and last year the St. Louis Blues were a team that <clears throat> led the NHL in off-the-rush chances, mm-hmm. which sounds like, wow, that's great. If you don't score, though, it's not great. Yeah, what's it matter? It's one and done. Flying up the ice, make one pass, get into the zone, try to make a play, doesn't work, they're going back the other way. Right. 
So, which fine, you have a certain percentage of players that can do that, like your Buchnevich, your Thomas, your Cairo. For the most part, those are the guys, your Verana, your Kapanen. But as a team, it wasn't sustainable, obviously. Look at the record. Didn't work. So I think the Blues can be a team that has a little bit of both. You're certainly going to tailor-make some of your lines to accommodate said style of play. Like You're not going to put Thomas with Torpchenko and Nick Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Counterproductive. The, n- none of those guys would be on the same page. So I think when Craig Ruby's constructing his lineup, he's going to have like-minded people together. And all that means is you'll probably see Kyrou and Thomas together a lot with somebody who can execute and make plays. So whether it's Pavel Buchnevich or Jacob Ferrana or something like that, so that the rest of your group can, when there's opportunity, score off the rush. But if there isn't, you put the puck behind the opposition, you go get it. And when you get it, you don't give it up. A couple of seasons ago, two years ago, the Blues were one of the best puck possession teams in the NHL. The wheels fell off last year because you lost some personnel that could do it. When you lost David Perron, that's a puck possession guy. And him and Ryan O'Reilly together, the puck possession that they had was astronomical. So it is what it is. You lost a guy to free agency. How do you get back to what made you the most successful? You go find guys that can do that job. Now, I'm not saying any one of these guys is David Perron. David Perron, in my opinion, is one of the best puck possession players in the NHL. Bar none. His skills and his compete level are through the roof. But you can find guys who can still do it. Kevin Hayes, a big guy, possesses the puck very well. Oscar Sundquist, we know he can do it. We know he can cycle the puck, get back in on the forecheck, cycle the puck, get back in, get to the net front. We know that Sammy Blake can do all that stuff, too. Jake Neighbors is willing to do that stuff. Nick Ritchie is a guy that can do that. Nick Ritchie, too, what's interesting about what you just said, <clears throat> Anthony, is that when you look at Nick Ritchie's stats overall, First of all, he was a 10th overall pick mm-hmm. in the NHL. That doesn't just happen by accident. You have to have done something substantial in order to be put in that category. So when I look at his NHL career, he's played in Anaheim, Boston, Toronto, Arizona, Calgary. Turned himself into a bit of a journeyman. Hey, Nick, guess what? I feel your pain. I've been there, okay? A couple of things regarding this, though, is he's still in... What last year, he still ended up with 13 goals. Playing limited amount of time. 13 goals, limited amount of time. Yeah. And now you got a guy who, from what I'm understanding, nobody was offering a contract to. A one-way contract. I'm sure a bunch of teams... Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was expecting a bigger number. Maybe he was... Whatever, I've been in his position. And the hardest part about being Nick Ritchie right now is you look at the number of seasons you've played in the NHL and you're like, how the hell do I not have a contract? How the hell can I not play fourth line somewhere? Well, the league feels differently about you right now. It's not that he's old, but he's 27 years old. So just, you know, ah, he's young. Yeah, he's young. He's still, yeah, he's got some time to develop. That 25 26 now is like the yeah, 30, where it used to be 30. Now it's 25-26. And so when I look at Nick Ritchie, I see that he still has the ability to put some pucks in the net. He still has the ability to play physical. And he's going to be hungry. Mm -hmm. He's hungry. This is his chance. So a PTO, it doesn't guarantee the Blues sign him, by the way. It means that he's coming to camp for free and that anybody can sign him. He's still an unrestricted free agent. 
So for Nick Ritchie, every time he touches the ice, he's auditioning. So when he plays preseason against Arizona, against Team XYZ, whoever it is, he's auditioning. And for all the scouts that are up top watching, he's trying to get a contract. I feel like you're going to get the very best out of Nick Ritchie come training camp. And I feel like he's a guy that will play into this puck possession style. He's obviously got the ability. Again, going back to being drafted 10th overall. Doesn't mean everything, but it means something. It means he's got the ability physically or mentally to do it, both or both of them. Yeah. That so many people thought so highly of him that he was drafted in, uh, at the top of the first round. So I think the style of play with all these guys we've talked about, along with adding a guy like Nick Ritchie, I think you're getting closer to what Blues hockey's going to look like. It's getting closer to two years ago, what it looked like. And had the opportunity to be down there today, talking with Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong. And they really felt like last year's roster was way better than it ended up being. But they also acknowledged that there was, you know, a lot of guys on expiring contracts, a lot of guys with maybe not necessarily personal agendas, but certainly hyper-focused on individual success. And this year, not going to have so many guys like that. So it's going to be more about the team concept rather than the individual concept. And I think last year, listening to them talk about it, got a little light went on, like, you know what? This is why this power play suffered, too. Everybody wanted to be the guy to get an assist or a goal. Well, for a power play to be successful, you have to have all five guys completely unselfish and making the best play for the team to score a goal. Bottom line, for the penalty kill to be successful, you got to be willing to eat pucks for a living and get the puck out of the zone, do everything it takes to stop the opposition from scoring. Not maybe kind of sort of being in the shot lane, kind of not being in the shot lane because I don't want to get hurt. So I think the mentality of the group combined with the style of play that we're going to see from the Blues this year, for me, projects for this team to be much better. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Tonight, Eagles, Vikings. What can we learn about both teams for tonight? That's next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
We have uh, Sunday night, Sunday night, Thursday night football tonight. Eagles versus Vikings kickoff at seven fifteen, and this one's kind of interesting because I think for the Vikings, if you go zero and two, and they are six and a half point underdogs tonight, so at least odd, odds makers expect them to go zero two. What what happens now with Kirk Cousins? His contract is voidable at the end of the year. It doesn't mean the Vikings would do it. But if you're ready to move, if you're the Vikings and you're saying, okay, we got to kind of start over at QB. Again, I'm not saying they, they're, they're thinking that. But if they are, if you're 0-2 and then you got the Chargers coming up, you got a, a game against the Chiefs, the 49ers, the Packers. Do you consider trading Kirk Cousins? No, not right now. What if the Jets give you a first rounder for him? Because they're because they're desperate. Um. Well, then I guess if you're the Vikings, you'd have to evaluate, you know, what your season looks like at the end of it. Not right now, mm-hmm. because you go zero and two. Yeah, they got the Chargers, but in this conference and even in that division, mm-hmm. they still have a chance to get to the playoffs. Yeah. And so when you look at some of the other games that they follow up, they've got, you know, the Panthers, the Bears, the Packers. Who knows what that game's going to look like? The Falcons a winnable game. The Saints is a winnable game. The Broncos is winnable. The Bears are winnable. The Raiders are winnable. Like, there's a lot of winnable games on the schedule for the Vikings here. So, although I like your your idea in theory, because I'd like – now I feel like I'd like the Jets to – be a good team this year. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that happening until much later in the season. And how feasible is that to do that with a quarterback changing mid-season with a brand new playbook and everything to Here, learn? Here's the thing: you also have Justin Jefferson to consider. I think those two have expressed interest in still wanting to play together. If you tank on this season mm-hmm. and trade away Kirk Cousins, what message are you sending to the best wide receiver in the NFL who wants a new contract? Who wants a new contract? Yeah. The only way you could really go about that if you were to trade him is just go full tank job and go get Caleb Williams as the number one pick. I do not see that happening. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be a dominant team. Caleb Williams to JJ. <laughs> However, I don't want to fantasize like that because it's not going to happen. So they're going to keep Kirk Cousins. That's KOC's guy dating back to Washington. So yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen either. Jamie, you had illustrated the, the the point about the schedule. Marsh, you bring up a good point about Justin Jefferson and the contract. But, man, you got Nick Mullins behind him. Nick Mullins can lose you a lot of games to put you in a spot to get Caleb Williams. Mm. Yeah, he definitely can. Or Drake may. I'm just saying. Yeah, but you'd, have to, be, you'd have to be really, really bad to get that to that point. There's going to be other teams that are way worse than you, even if you've got whoever under center for the Vikings. Nick Mullins. There's uh, Anthony. Come on. There's other teams. Just look at some of these teams that are out there. Right now. There's a, there's a couple of teams that might get one win this year. Arizona. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arizona's going to be at a, a fork in the road after this season. Remember me saying that? Oh be- yeah. Because Kyler Murray's on this contract. He's got quite a bit guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. And if they have a chance to go and draft Caleb Williams, like Bye-bye. as an organization, I would do it. But then, what the hell is the cap hit that you're dealing with at that point? It's going to be interesting because that's not the same group now that drafted no, drafted Murray. But you look at Arizona. You look at Carolina. Ugh, you look at the Bears. Uh, you look at some of these teams. Like, they're not great. The Texans aren't great. Yeah. Did you guys pick the Eagles tonight? I'll go last. I picked them. 
I know there's some concern because Nicobe Dean, the linebacker, the rookie linebacker, was placed on injured reserve. Kenneth Gainwell, who led the team last last week in carries, is hurt. He's not playing tonight. Uh, James Bradbury, their corner, is dealing with a concussion. He's out, as well as safety Reed Blankenship. These are all Eagles players that are out. But last year, when the when the Vikings went into Philadelphia, it was a mess for not only Kirk Cousins, but for Justin Jefferson. Darius Slay held him in check. And that front seven is still nasty, and the Vikings are dealing with injuries along the offensive line. And while the defense for Minnesota played well last week, that was against Shaky Bakey and company. And if you're Nick Sirianni and you're Philly, you can't like the way that you finished last week in New England. You hung 16 on the board quickly and then seemingly took the foot off the gas or worse, Belichick made some adjustments defensively and slowed you down in the second half. Either way, you're not you're not thrilled with that. So I think that the Eagles win and I think that Kirk Cousins has himself a rough night playing behind that banged up O-line. Um, I picked the Eagles. Uh, it really wasn't all that difficult for me. Sorry, Marshy. I just look at a team that lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. That's your middle I, That's your middle child. But, Anthony, the one thing that you should always do is be honest with your children. Always. And Tampa Bay knows how I feel about them. I said, we got enough here. I'm fine. You, you got all... You know what? You have a lot of great qualities. You have all the potential in the world. Tons of potential. You may not realize all that potential. Because maybe you make some bad decisions along the way. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I love you. Anyways. And so Tampa gets the win last week. Apparently their defense did everything except email uh, (laughs) shaky-bakey as to what they were going to do. I don't really like that for the Vikings because I guarantee that Jalen Hurts and the offensive coordinator, hmm, either they called somebody or texted somebody or hit the video and were like, oh, Hmm. I see it too. So, yeah, I got the Eagles. Jimmy, you make a great point. You do have to be honest with your children. I'm going to be honest with this entire city and tell you that I'm also going with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a win-win situation for me. Proud of you. Oh, boy. It's a win-win. Here's with the win-win thing. If the Eagles win, we get, a, we get a win in our Pick'em Challenge. And if the Vikings win, I go home a happy man. Huh. It's as simple as that. we got to be honest with ourselves. The Vikings have not won a Thursday night football game on the road in 45 years. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what? Is that all? What happened? It's only five years. They are on a six-game losing streak right now on the road on Thursday night games. We're a big analytical show. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've established that. Uh-huh. I have to pick the numbers. Kirk Cousins, I believe, is three and one though on Thursday nights. Yeah. Um, well, including he's uh, he's three and one on Thursdays, which includes yes. thir- like Thanksgiving yes. games. So, um, I think Kirk Cousins has a good game tonight. But that does not mean that this Minnesota Vikings team as a whole will play good enough to to get the victory because, like we've established many times, this defense is a concern. Speaking of defense, one of the other advantages, in, in my opinion, tonight for the Eagles is that they just faced who? Patriots. The Patriots, who are led by... Bill Belichick. Who once employed... Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator for the Vikings, they're facing the same defense, but a less talented version. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just practiced all offseason 
for Belichick's defense. It wasn't pretty last week, but they still scored 25 points and left left some points on the board. Now, again, after all offseason for preparing for that defense, they're going to face the same defense tonight. And they're at home, too. On short rest. So, yeah. Not loving it for the old Vikings. Mm. But if they squeak out a win tonight, I'd be 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 pretty happy. happy. I'll uh, I'll be at Cybergs tonight. Are you? Yeah, I'm going. So, boy. We'll cheer on the team. The unofficial Minnesota Vikings hangout. Yes. I don't mm. understand that. I think it's cool. I think it's cool too. I do. I, I think I'm it's not cool. knocking it. I just don't understand how Cybergs became the. There's probably a story behind. Like, was there five, six Vikings fans there? Dude, there's like hundreds of people there. Really? Yes. All wearing Vikings. Stuff? It's hard to find a table when I go. Like wow. sometimes I'll have to stand. And it's all Vikings fans, right? Yeah, in that one area. Like, I'm sure there's some people that, like, show up and they're like, why yeah. the hell is everyone dressed in that's purple where, I, and gold? I think, that's, I think that's cool. Are there ever any brawls? Like, because, like, the Eagles want to come over there and make that their bar, too? I don't think so. Hmm. I feel like we should do that. I haven't seen one. Like, not us. Just, like, I feel like there should be, like, each team has a bar and then the <laughs> fan base... The visiting team is the visiting fan base that to walk into the other team's bar. That's pretty cool. And like throw down. That'd I mean, be, watch the game. Yeah, together. All together. Mm-hmm. I'll probably see the final result, and as I'm driving out of the parking lot, I'll go right past that Waffle House, <laughs> and it's going to look me dead in the eyes and say, I'll see you here in 16 more weeks. Eh, you never know. I mean, the Falcons got a pretty rough first month of the season, so they've got Green Bay, they've got... Uh, the Lions in Detroit next that, week. That's a loss. Jacksonville on Thursday night. Then their schedule opens up a little bit. But I don't, you never know, guys. You never know. We'll find out uh, soon who cashes in on that Waffle probably, House challenge. Probably take to the last week, let's be honest. It probably would. Yeah. yeah know. Knowing these teams. That's great for me. Jamie, saw a story today, clicked on it, read through it. My response was, why are coaches poking the hornet's nest? But I kind of dig it. We'll tell you what that story story is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. So, you know, they're not going to like us no matter what we say or do. It doesn't matter, okay? So let's go up there and play. And so that's just how I feel about it. And so I don't mean to take over the show, but it's your show. I'm just tired of <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of all that stuff. It's just, it's, it's, and I know everybody else is too. Yeah. It's lame. That's lame. Jay Norville, head coach of Colorado State, on his radio show. You heard what he said. He's talking about Dion. Another jab at Dion. Another jab at primetime. Did we not learn? Matt Rule had a jab at Dion back in the Big Ten uh, media days. Uh-huh. Then his team got its ass handed to him. These coaches are threatened by what Dion's doing. Mm. Let's be real about that. Well, they don't like it. They don't like it because he's one of the very few coaches so far, Jamie, to actually sit at a podium 
and deliver what he says he's going to do. That's why coaches don't like him. Well, they also don't like him because they feel like he's just been fast-tracked to this spot. Right. He didn't coach 10 years of youth football, 10, 12 years of high school football. To do offensive what? Lose like most of these guys? But, Anthony, you know that what I'm saying is real. You're right. Yeah, he hasn't eaten enough dirt yet. You know, he hasn't spent 10,000 hours in the video room yet. I would argue he probably has been pretty close being a player and the details guy like he is. He is talented, but to do the job he did, he had to watch film. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're probably a little pissed at that too. Mr. You know, Hall of Fame player here, he just handed a job and for fun, he tinkered with it. They turned out to be awesome. Now he's just given a D1 program. Mm. And now uh, it just turns out they're good again. Yeah. And he manipulated, not manipulated, he utilized the transfer portal, basically cut all of his team and brought in all of his own guys. They didn't like that either. They didn't like that, was that the thing, either. That was the thing Matt Rule didn't like. I know. But a coach should be allowed to bring in a team that he wants. Mm-hmm. And if the team won one game the year before, you probably shouldn't have to be forced to use those players. So I like what Dion's doing. His players seem to absolutely love him. Now, they haven't gone through a ton of adversity. Let's see what that looks like, what, if it ever presents itself, because no, even I'm the sure players he brought with him from Jackson State, they didn't have a lot of adversity. They went out and kind of rolled out there. So we'll see what it looks like. But Deion Sanders, like, why is why would this coach even go there? Like, the, what he said has nothing to do with football. Mm-hmm. Nothing. He's attacking Deion Sanders. Because primetime still lives and breathes inside of Deion Sanders. He's still got a flair to him. You know? So he wears his glasses and his hat. A lot of coaches wear their hats for... I think, like, who, like, right. Who is cares? it the sunglasses that's bothering him? I'm not a fan of it either, because I like to see people's eyeballs when I talk to them. If we're, sure. out, if we're outside, we're at the beach, we're at the lake, whatever it is, yeah. he had sunglasses on, fine. But once it's not sunny out, and I'm having a discussion with you, I'd rather see your eyeballs just... Just because that's just the way I'm wired, but I'm not going to criticize a guy. Right. Jay Norville, again, the head coach of Colorado State. So we're talking about Jay Norville's, you know, jab at at Dion at and and this this part is important. He was talking on his on his radio show for Colorado State. That's why a lot of people were clapping in the background, like it was his his like Jeff Fisher used to have his Jeff Fisher show here on 101 ESPN, and we used to have it at Cybergs so one of the years, ironically, from seven to nine. From <laughs> oh boy, you! I think it was actually <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Might have been six to eight, but um, so just like Chris Bryant when he was talking to the Cubs, you know, the, like the winter warm up thing for the Cubs, he was he was throwing a jab at the Cardinals. Same deal with Jay Norville. Jay Norville, to be fair, also said Deion Sanders has had a lot of public critics. I'm not one of them. And this was, this was earlier this week as he was talking to reporters. He said, I really respect all head coaches and the sacrifices they've had to make to become head coaches, and I appreciate the path that they have, have to go through to get there, especially African-American coaches. I was happy to see Dion get his opportunity. I had to wait a long time to get mine. Now, maybe that's part of oh, your, wow. your statement Read that there. last part again. Yeah, I had Read to wait a long again. time to get mine. I had to wait a long time to get I was get happy mine. to see Dion get his opportunity. I had to wait a long time to get mine. Oh. So maybe there is a— Maybe he should have been a better football player. That, I mean, well, really? Because if okay. Deion Sanders sucked at football, he wouldn't have been given a job at Jackson State. No, he wouldn't have. So, yeah, you know what? Opportunity comes to those who have success. 
I'm not going to be jealous of somebody who's really good at something and they get an opportunity. There you go. Absolutely. The other thing here too, guys, is what is what is the lifeblood of college football? What is the one thing you have to be good at if you're if you're a head if you're if you want to be a successful head coach in college? Recruit. Recruit. Connect with the kids. Absolutely, which is right. essentially recruiting. Yes. Right? Because you have to go into these bags of money. That helps too. Recruiting. Certainly. That helps too. But you have to be able to connect with that player when everybody else is in, you know, every, and Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney and Jim Harbaugh are doing the same thing. They're going to be in the living room. They're going to say, hey, come to my program. I'm going to make you an NFL player. Whatever, or whatever they're saying. You have to be able to recruit. Dion flipped the number one prospect, high school prospect in the nation from Florida State to Jackson State. <laughs> I'm talking about Travis Hunter. I know. Hunter goes, I have offers everywhere. I agreed to go to Florida State, but I'm going to go play for Dion at Jackson State. Don't don't hate Dion because he's winning at at the game that you're you're all trying to play, which is recruiting, which is connecting. Now he might be doing it a little bit more, you know, with a little, with a little bit more swagger or confidence or flamboyancy, but who cares? And I'm a Dion guy. I'll admit it. I love Dion. That's why you like the the That's, Falcons. That is, he is the number one reason why I'm a Falcon fan. If you want to know, not that you do, but what you know, why the hell did you become a Falcon fan? Because I saw Dion play in '91 in a in a playoff game against the Saints, and he was the he was like the most unbelievable player I saw on my television screen. I was I was locked into Dion, so I'm a Dion guy. I love what he's doing in college football. He has rattled. All of these mediocre head coaches that are trying to do what? What he's doing. All of these mid-coaches that go to these programs and promise the world to these ADs and these fan bases that we're gonna, I'm going to be the guy to turn your program around, and they never do it. And Dion shows up, and in an hour he flips it. <laughs> so you're ticked off about that. And, Jamie, like you said, maybe it's a little personal. Let's end here. On primetime himself. I'm out of my own business watching some film, trying to get ready, trying to get out of here and be the best coach I could be. And I look up and I read some bull junk that Dan said about us. Talk to us. Once again. Uh, talk to us. Why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here, work our butts off, and do our job on Saturday. But when they give us ammunition, they unmatched Brown and made it what? Personal. It was just going to be a good game. And made this Damn, mess around and made it. Personal. It was going to be a great test, a battle of Colorado, but they damn, mess around and made it. Personal. <laughs> They're going to go out and absolutely boot stomp yes, Colorado State. Yes, they are. They're going to face, look, at some point, they're going to face Oregon. They're going to face USC. They're going to face UCLA. They're going to face Oregon State. They're going to face, face Washington State. They're going to face Utah. They're going to face some bigger programs. And we're going to see how good Colorado is. Jamie, I think they're going to give a, a huge challenge to all these teams. At the very least, these teams are going to be sweating. It's going to be a tough one, man. Woof. They don't have a defense either. I know. But that they, game's going to be 70 to 70 in the, the fourth nation. quarter. <laughs> fourth quarter is going to be 70 to 70. It that might game. be. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Does Richie. Palacios have a role, or is it 
Palacios, 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 Palacios. Palacios. I, you always trip me up, Jamie, with that. Palacios. I can't figure it either. Every day Enrique it changes for me too. Palazzo. Enrique Palazzo. Does Richie Palacios, I should get the kid's name right since he's a stud now. Does he have a role on this this Cardinals team next season? That's next. I want to win a ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He's swinging the bat really well right now, and uh, he's a confident kid. I'll tell you that. You talk to him for about 30 seconds, then you walk away. He, he knows he's good, and he's going to do what he needs to. But, uh, yeah, we love we love watching him. Swing drive. Hammer deep right. It's another homer for Richie Rich. one nothing Cardinals. A thunderbolt with two outs. First comment there uh, made by Ollie Marmel. Second, the call from last night. Chip Carey, Bally Sports Midwest, as Richie Palacios hits yet another home run. Boy, this kid's been on an absolute tear. Before we get into him, though, in his future, text in to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Bud Bash for Cardinals and Brewers on September 19th. It's the final Bud Bash game of the season and features a limited edition Brendan Ryan bobblehead giveaway. Cardinals drafted Brendan Ryan. What round did they draft him in? If you know that answer, and you're the 101st texter to 314-399-9646, you can have your chance to win those Bud Bash tickets, courtesy of us here at 101 ESPN. Get all the details for next week's Bud Bash game now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Jamie, Richie Palacios, does he have a role next season guaranteed on the Cardinals? Oh, wow, guaranteed. You yeah, got, guaranteed. You had me right up until you said guaranteed, well, Anthony. You could put a guaranteed uh, stamp on the box. Yep. Or Get a good look at a, get a butcher by bowl. sticking your head up the mm-hmm. cow's butt. We got it. I think. Yep. Um, I don't know if it's guaranteed, but he's certainly leaving a good impression. And I think that he has all the characteristics that you want from a fourth outfielder. I don't see him as a starter. Yeah. You know, I see him as a bench bat slash fourth outfielder. He's proven he's got some pop. I didn't know he had pop. Now, every time he hits the ball, he's, he's I mean, he's hitting it on screws. Mm-hmm. He's just nailing that thing. I, I like him as a player. I like his, his versatility, too. Because if you're going to be a bench bat slash fourth outfielder, you need some versatility. He can play every position in the outfield, and he even played second base there yesterday yeah so yeah I, I would say that him and other guys are competing for that type of job mm-hmm. i'm not giving him a starting spot like oh he's going to be our center fielder or a left fielder or even a roster spot for that matter just competing for it yeah and if he can continue to do the same things for the rest of the season and again in spring training then yeah i would have him on the roster mm-hmm. he would be on my team what he is i don't know he's a better version of taylor modder Really? Yeah. So I look at it. I mean, maybe he's, maybe he replaces, and you know, down the road he replaces Dylan Carlson oh as your fourth goodness. outfielder. So I have some numbers. You want to play a little game here? <laughs> Dylan Carlson with five home runs on the year, uh, and he has two hundred nineteen at bats, twenty seven ribbies. He's averaging eight point one at bats per RBI, whereas Palacios is averaging five at bats per RBI. He has forty five at bats this year, and he has nine ribbies. Hmm. 
Obviously, it's a small sample size. Yeah, but that's the that's the tricky part, right? Is this kid just on a uh, on a little bit of a tear? Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know Corey Dickerson was the best player in baseball last year for two weeks. Right, for sure. But should we compare him to a Corey Dickerson, or could we compare him to what Lars Newbar was for you last year? Back half of the year, started showing signs that he could play in the outfield full time. Mm-hmm. Not saying Richie Palacios can be that guy. But which way are we going to look at it? Are we going to look at it like Corey Dickerson for a little stretch? Or are we going to look at it as a guy that's looking to become a part of this team next year and this could be what he is? Yeah, that's a good question, Marsh. For now, it's it's just a hot streak. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way you look at it. This kid, this kid is on a nice tear. He's turning some heads. This is what you wanted to see. You not not specifically from Richie Palacios, but from anybody. Turn heads. That's step one. I don't think we need to make any sort of declarations here. Richie Palacios has got himself a, on a, on a on a hot streak, so keep playing him. And then at the end of the year, then there's there's your second evaluation. To your point about Lars Taylor Tetsui Nupar, he put together a second half last year that was outstanding. Yeah, not to the level of Albert, but nobody did. But Lars Nupar did it for not not the entire second half, but like from the all from the All Star break on. So Major League Baseball second half, quote unquote. That's a longer sample size. Then in spring training or at the WBC, that carried over. So you felt pretty good about Newbar. Plus, there's opportunities out there because you don't your outfield situation was a bit of a an unknown. But with Richie Palacios, you evaluate the rest of the year, you head into winter ball, you give him an assignment, and then in spring training, you see you see if he carries it over. And then you believe what you're seeing. Yeah, that's the other thing I think we we kind of fail to do sometimes, and I think the Cardinals failed to do. Believe in what you're seeing. Well, if nothing else, for me, he offers some clarity to the Cardinals, and I don't mean regarding regarding him specifically, but if he can continue playing like this, maybe it offers some clarity to the Cardinals of what they can let go of, whether it's a Tyler O'Neill or a Dylan Carlson or both, for that matter. Yeah. You know, more specifically, a Tyler O'Neill. Not that skill for skill they match up. I'm not even suggesting that. But what I'm saying is that Tyler O'Neill is going to cost you about nine million next year, nine to eleven million probably with arbitration. And Richie Palacios is not going to be anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of banked money to maybe put towards a pitcher. Because Tyler O'Neill, if he only gives you half a season of games played because of injury and all this other stuff, yeah. what's the difference? What's the difference? Tyler O'Neill is a perfect example of what I, of what we're talking about. Believe in what you're seeing. Yeah. The Cardinals continue to go back to what? The one year. The one year. But you know why they do that, Anthony? Because, because they're of, drunk on potential. Okay. Uh, yes, but also there's another reason. Because they're afraid to give up the next Randy Rosarino. There it is. And that goes back to our point so many times. that They have to quit being afraid of that. They have to. Yeah. Because if they really want to dive into that, they have to be afraid of the Adolis Garcia. And pick your poison. The right. number of players that have gone on to do better things elsewhere. They'd have to be afraid of the Patrick Wisdom deal. Patrick Wisdom reemerged in Chicago years later. Mm-hmm. You going to do that too? You know what Tyler O'Neill is. He's going to tease you when he's healthy, but he's not going to be healthy for long stretches. That's who he is. He has told you that over and over and over again. Believe him. Thank you, Tyler. We know who you are because you continue to show us. 
when he's in Oakland next year playing for the Triple A's, he's going to have Isn't months where he, started? Where he oh, looks no, he like he started in Seattle. He'd say Seattle. He, he's he's going to have months or a month where he's going to look like the greatest baseball player known to man. And we're going to bitch about it, and then he's going to get hurt, and we're like, ah. I don't think people that would. That makes sense. I don't think people would. Oh, come on, Marsh. I think it's different Grow than Ra- I think it's different than Randy Rosarena. A lot of people did not want him to leave. A lot of people want Tyler O'Neill off this team. Yeah, it makes sense. Here's John Denton on BK and Ferrario getting back to Richie Palacios as a uh, what his thought thoughts are on Palacios being a fourth outfielder. I think he could totally be looked at for that. You know, the fact that he hits left-handed, the fact that he has some pop in his bat, the fact the fact that he can play second base as well. Uh, you know, those are all things that the Cardinals value. You know, they need they need left-handed bats. They need positional versatility. You know, they he's a guy who who is going to be on a major league roster somewhere. And you know, I give the organization credit because they went out and got him for a bag of peanuts from the from the Indians, uh, from from the Guardians. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, and and finding him, and you know, he he belongs in the major leagues, and he he's going to put up a fight. He's going to he's going to battle for one of those spots next year, no doubt. There you go. So similar to what we're saying. Yeah, give him a chance. See what he's got. Look, I look at this as the Cardinals' number one goal for the outfield situation would be to get Dylan Carlson healthy and trade Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Tyler O'Neill, you can try to sell his MVP-esque season and his two gold gloves. Yeah. It plays. Yeah. It plays. Somebody would be like, you know what? Well, we could use a Tyler O'Neill. Man, yeah. if this guy works out, if he's the next Randy or Rose Arena, and so what, then you move him along. Yeah, come on, Mo. You have found multiple drunk as a skunk GMs in other places. The former Colorado GM was hammered one night, and Mo <laughs> took advantage of it. Oh, oh. Got, got himself Nolan Arenado. You know what I meant. What kind of bourbon do you think he was drinking? Oh, what kind of, nothing I think, good. I think the better question is, what kind of bourbon was he not drinking? Mm. It wasn't anything great because he was just pounding it. He wasn't thinking yeah, clearly. He wasn't true. savoring. He, would, no, yeah. he didn't care about the barrel, the aging. No. He was like, I just need tractor gas yep. now. Mm-hmm. Mo did that a couple of times to uh, Boston's former GMs. This is true. You know, he, he knew when the former Boston GMs were going to get a little ham sauced, and then he gave him a call, made deals. Come on, Mo, do it again. He probably gifted them that bourbon. He probably did. Yeah. You think Mo sent him the bourbon? I I think so. I think so. Did they drink via like FaceTime or something like that? Or Skype? Maybe. They're boomers. At the time, it was Skype. Skype. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to Skype you. Yeah. We'll drink together. (laughs) I'm going to AOL messaging you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have a little chat. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Chris Carver, Voice of the Blues, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. ESPN Celebrity Line. We're joined by our guy Chris Kerber, voice of the blues here on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, how are you? Anthony, I'm doing great. You know what I'm going to do this weekend? Watch football? Uh, 
I'll watch a little bit of football. Atta I'm boy. actually gonna I'm gonna go down and uh, we're gonna go see our daughter Gracie at Louisville for the first time since we dropped her off. Nice. But uh, they actually have a road game football wise at Indiana. But on Sunday, we're actually gonna see uh, Louisville's women's volleyball team. They're number two in the country. Play Stanford, who's number five in the country. Nice. So look, yeah, looking forward to that. Like I don't. I've, Obviously, with a daughter that plays, but started really watching that sport more over the last few years, but pretty good. So I'm kind of excited to see that kind of high-end level. But uh, those, those are two top programs that will be a fun event to watch. Well, there you go. Enjoy. That would be a good time. I'm sure uh, yeah. you got you and the wife are very excited to see your daughter. So that's that's good. You guys got a great great little weekend uh, Good planned. weekend plan. So, yeah, Curbs, uh, as you know, the the Blues sign Nick Ritchie to a to a tryout contract. What do you What did you think of the move? Uh, you know what, if you go back and you look at Doug Armstrong's track record, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, every year there's a player or two that gets brought in in PTOs. Now, that that actually happens for a couple of reasons. Doug likes to play eight or nine preseason games. He The Blues are always the team that, that, that seems to play, if not as many, more than most, uh, when it comes to preseason games. So you need bodies to get that through. And you may not want to run a Braden Shand or, you know, you may not want to run a Justin Falk or a Colton Pareko through some of those extra games, but you still, per league rules, number one, but then you also want just a veteran presence in some of these lineups to help some of the younger guys along in games, too. And there's value to that. But what we've also seen is these players getting a legit opportunity with Doug. So when a guy like Nick Ritchie doesn't get a contract opportunity despite a pretty solid season last year, right? And Doug Armstrong says, okay, we're going to give you a PTO. They know that it's not an empty offer. He knows I've got a chance to make this team. And we had a chance to talk to both Doug today and, and Craig Berube about it. And, man, when you look at his size at six foot three, his weight, the style of play that he has, Craig Berube wanting that four check uh, to return and just and, and flat out saying – you can't win consistently in the National Hockey League without a forecheck. Plus the fact that he could potentially put 10 goals and 20 points on the board for you, he has a real legit chance to to make this hockey team, in my opinion, if he has a strong camp. I, I love the opportunity. Yeah, I like it too, Curbs. I, I've been talking about it ever since uh, the signing, uh, what, yesterday on the PTO, and then certainly talking uh, down at the rink today, even with you today down at the rink, I, I love the opportunity for Nick Ritchie. I look at it in a couple of different ways. One, his body his body style and his play of his style of play fit into what Craig Berube and the Blues want, for, specifically from a bottom six forward. But he also has that hunger now. And I, I think there's something different about a guy that didn't get a contract offer, or at least not one that he liked, and now he's sitting out here trying to show that he still belongs. Well, and yeah, I mean, and it's at 27 years of age, as, as you mentioned, you know, like we, we're seeing a good number of players around the league not get offered contracts. And you got to figure the, the flat salary cap in his fourth year has really been a huge part of this. And, uh, you know, and so somebody like, like, like Nick can play a real role on a team and, and, and can take advantage of it. But if you just look at like Doug said something today that I, that I, really latched onto when he was talking about the competition in the Central Division. 
And he said, right now you've got Colorado and Dallas kind of in their window. You look at the playoff runs they've had, that kind of thing lately. The rest of the division is in some form of transition. And he goes, and the race is going to be who gets to their transition quickest and the best. Well, you bring in a veteran guy like Nick Ritchie, who puts pressure on a young player for a roster spot, who is obviously more experienced than any of your young players. There's value for that on a roster spot. We know that experience wins and lack of experience doesn't without experienced guys around it. Put all this together, and this is a low-cost, low-risk, classic Doug Armstrong move that could pay real dividends, not just for Doug, but Nick's going to get a real chance. And if he makes the team number one and then has a good year number two, at the age of 28, can easily become a commodity that people want again as the salary cap is going to go up. Curbs, when you look at the addition of Nick Ritchie to at least a training camp, and you look at some of the guys that Army brought in, whether it was the deadline last year or signed with Sunquist, McEckern, where do you think the roster battle lies? Who do you think has to come out and have a real good camp? I mean, obviously Nick Ritchie's got to impress people in order to get a contract offer. But where does some of the pressure lie on some of these other guys? Well, yeah, you know, there, I think there's some interesting signings. Mackenzie McEachern, you know, getting a two-year deal on, on a one-way contract. I, I, I don't know that that's a guarantee to make this roster. I think you still got to come in and perform. And I don't think Doug's going to have any problem putting a one-way contract on waivers if they have to clear waivers to go down. He knows what the cap hit will be. He's done the math. He knows exactly where he is. He also knows that if he's sending one guy down, there's probably someone coming into the lineup or or getting called up that actually hits your cap less, so you've got a net value there. But uh, Mackenzie McEachern is, is clearly one guy that I think that the pressure's on for there. Look, I think the pressure's on some guys like, like Sammy Blay to continue the way he finished the season. Uh, Lexi Torepchenko, you know, it's time to take another step and really get those third-line minutes that his skill, his game, and his size could dictate if he really becomes, uh, you know, that, that, that missile that uh, the Blues need with his speed and his size and his ability to hit. You know, and, and so to me, there's there. And then, Jamie, I'll go the other way with this. To me, I think there's pressure on every single one of the Blues defensemen. I don't think, and I've talked to some of the guys as you have, I don't think there's one guy that looks and says, you know, I had a pretty good year last year. And I think they might say, I was okay here, okay there. But as a group, they know they're not. And if this team's going to have a turnaround in front of of uh, Jordan Bennington and Joel Hofer, it's going to start, in my book, with just how much harder the Blues are to play in their own end, and it starts with that defensive core. So I think every single one of them, as we were told today, Nobody has equity anymore. That was all spent last year. So to me, that whole defensive core has uh, got a little bit of pressure on them. Chris Gerber, voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN, joining us in the fast lane with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Curbs, you're talking about Doug Armstrong, how he was kind of talking about interesting things earlier today. Um, one of the things that Jamie and I are going to talk about coming up, and I, I, I'm interested in your thoughts, when it comes to this roster – how many spots, and I'm not looking for necessarily a, a number here, just kind of your thoughts on it, but how many roster spots are, are are actually set in stone? Like, Do you think that this roster is a little bit more flexible or fluid than maybe what we think? Yeah, I, I actually, I do, and it goes back to what we just said, you know, where uh, some of the equity is gone. Um, 
you know, does does a Tyler Tucker come in in what is right now, uh, you know, and the injuries will dictate this, like the injury to Tory Krug, but does a Tyler Tucker come in and work his way up the lineup, right? Work his way up the defensive roster because he's going to play with edge. He's going to play with nastiness, and he's going to box guys out without taking interference penalties. Uh, does, you know, who slides up? I still think that if your sentiment remain Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, and Kevin Hayes, there is a gaping hole on the left side somewhere on in your top six if you're going to be a deep enough team to be good and challenge for a playoff spot, right? But I think you probably have, I'd say, clearly four of the top six are set. Uh, I'd say, so I, I've got three open spots in my mind in the top nine, and then the fourth line for me is a Yahtzee cup of dice and say who wants it, you know? And, and to, to me, that's, that's, that's kind of where that, that part goes. So uh, I'd say, what, one, two, three, and then in the defensive side, I'd say two or three spots could be available depending on how you battle. So I'd say a good five or six uh, open spots the way I look at it, depending on how camp goes. Good stuff, Curbs. Hey, enjoy your weekend. Have fun seeing your daughter. Have fun at the volleyball match on Sunday. Uh, like we talked about earlier, it's going to be a fun weekend for you. Going to enjoy it. Going to see uh, some great sports. I love that part. Thanks, fellas. Have an awesome weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you next week as training camp finally opens up. Yeah, no doubt. we got Blues and Brews coming up, too, next Friday evening, September 22nd. Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Curbs will be there. Get fired up for the blues season. we got all kinds of uh, music featuring country music star Chris Lane, local blues musician Marquis Knox. Got appearances by current blues players Jordan, Jordan Biddington, Colton Pareko, Braden Chen, Robert Thomas, Justin Falk, Kevin Hayes, Craig Ruby will be there as well. Food trucks, 101 ESPN giveaways. Tickets now on sale for Blues and Brews at 101ESPN.com. Blues and Brews presented by Bud Light, 101 ESPN and 92.3 WIL. Curbs, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Have an awesome one. All right, thank you. Good man. Chris Kerber here on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stelter, NFL Better Bet next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Don't forget, we got Thursday Night Football, Eagles, Vikings, kickoff 715 right here on 101 ESPN. Time to play Better Bet with our guy, Andrew Marsh. Gentlemen, Better Bet. The better bet to rebound this weekend, the Cincinnati Bengals or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even though the Bengals are the team that is favored, I think the better bet to rebound is the Steelers. And I was talking early on Monday when we played buy, sell, or hold that I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy some Cleveland stock. But I, I'm still a big believer in Mike Tomlin. And you got a divisional game again. Or you have a divisional game, I should say, because they didn't have a divisional game last week. But you got a divisional team. They're, they're going to be a home dog on Monday. The Steelers typically rebound well after losses under Tomlin. The Bengals, as I've stated all offseason, I, I think that they're in for kind of a rude awakening this year. I think it's going to be a tougher climb. Baltimore wasn't sharp last week offensively, but they were on point defensively. And I think Baltimore is going to give all give Cincinnati all it can handle. So I have the Steelers as the better bet to rebound out of those two teams. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have the Steelers. Like, are we talking about bounce back 
Like, so, so just those two teams, Bengals or Steelers? Like for the season? Nope. Just just in week two. Okay. So in week two, Pittsburgh plays Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got the... Ah, see... I have Baltimore and Cleveland winning both those games. Do you? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know who bounces back, Anthony. Um, hmm. Got to play the game, Jamie. Yeah, I think I think the Bengals will have a better game. Okay. I think that Joe Burrow, like any time that you have to default to anything, you go, okay, well, who's the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is, uh, far outclasses Kenny Pickett. In by what met metrics? All of them. Okay. <laughs> Every single one of them, Which? including good looks. And hair. Which and, metrics are we I don't using? know. Swagger. Okay. And passing. Kenny Pickett's got some nice hair. He's got some nice flow. Yep. Joe Burrow. Come on. Joe Cool. He he did just get a haircut because of the loss. Yep. He should have gotten hey, Anthony, are you even suggesting that Kenny Pickett is even able to carry the jock strap of Joe Burrow? Oh, God, no. Okay. I was just wondering what... So, uh, I, I didn't know where you are headed, because you kind of get snarky there, and you were like, well, I'm what metric? Like, I almost was, like I have to prove it to you that Joe Burrow's better than Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I was... Are you okay? I was just No, being, I'm angry a little bit. I was just being... No, well, I felt like you were challenging me. I if thought, so, go ahead. To I, car- take the carpet. Go. I thought we were having fun. I'm not. You know, like, of course, Joe Burrow is a, a stud. Kenny Pickett. a serious discussion. Okay. I don't like you treating it like it's a joke. That's fair, Jamie. Especially football. I figured you'd be a little more into it, yeah. you know? Yeah. We'll go back to hockey. Fine. You know, Jamie, that's my bad. Yeah. That's my bad. Recognizing it is a first step, Anthony. I Absolutely. appreciate that. Out of Second you. step is apologizing, and I am yeah, sorry. Well, that will never happen. I'm sorry. Anthony, there's a few people in this world that I never expect an apology from. Uh-huh. There's you and one Don't other you person. Don't dare put me in that category. How could you? I've done I was joking. Awfully long time. It was never wrong and never apologized. It was amazing. Track record, impeccable. Maybe not so much. Well, I am sorry, Jamie. Go ahead, Marshy. I'm looking at some numbers here. Not counting the AFC wildcard game from a few years ago, the last time Cleveland defeated Pittsburgh in the regular season at Pittsburgh was in 2003. That's a long time. That's a long time. Son of a... These two teams, they bounce back and forth sometimes, uh, wins and losses. Last year, Cleveland won the first game. However, it was in Cleveland. Pittsburgh took the second game. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh based on the track record. The Bengals going up against the Ravens. I think the Ravens, I'm not saying the Bengals aren't are going to lose by any means, but just going with the numbers, I think the Steelers have a better opportunity to defeat oh, the Marsh, come on. Browns, Put your huevos rancheros on the table and make a make a call, I am. man. Would you let me finish? No, you just, let Jamie finish all the time. Yeah, just I, I had to fight to finish, though. You know that. I'm fighting Anthony, right now, Jamie. Anthony always wants to finish first. I had to fight for years to be able to be allowed to finish. Marshy, I think you should finish, too. Thank you. We Anthony, got selfish stalter over here. You know what? Lay back and just let Marshy finish, please. Well, you know what? I can't when this guy is straddling the fence. I mean, he's got. He's I'm doing some. It down. He's doing Marcy. some major damage. He's like, I'm not saying that the Bengals are going to lose by any means, but they might kind of lose. If you're going to finish, on. straddling the fence is a difficult way to do it. Steelers, there, there you go. go. Steelers, there we go. Marsh, shut up, boy. I like that you have the numbers, but my God, man, make a stand. I am. All right, what else you got? All right, the better bet to go two and zero, Jacksonville. Who's taking uh, taking on KC this weekend, or your Atlanta Falcons going up against your Green Bay Packers? 
Again, again, I have both of those teams losing. That's it's like Marsh. I, I'm going to win no matter what. Go ahead, Jamie. What do you think, Falcons or the Jags to go two and zero? What's the better bet? Well, again, uh, I picked both of those teams to lose this week, and no reason. <laughs> Well, when I look at Kansas City, Travis Kelsey's back in practice, jumping up and down and playing with teammates and doing all sorts of stuff, which means he's back in the mix, which makes them obviously a very dangerous football team. Mm -hmm. And I I look at Green Bay, and I I don't know. I'm kind of sold on what they were able to do last week. Stop straddling the fence. I'm not. I I said both of these teams suck this week. I'll go with... (laughs) I would say that the better opportunity probably lies in the hands of Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville. You son of a... Better quarterback, Anthony. That's where we always have to go. They're also the better team overall, top to bottom. So I'm going to go with the Jaguars as well. What's interesting, speaking of Marsh and these numbers, when you look at KC and you look at Duval, uh, Jacksonville, as I look at my numbers here. Good actor. Yep, the Jaguars have won six straight regular season games, longest streak since 1999. They have also been good as a home underdog. If you're looking at the numbers, three-point underdog at, at Caesar Sportsbook, 5-0 and outright as a home underdog last season, including the playoffs. Best such record by any team in a season in the Super Bowl era, which is 1966 to present. Six straight wins as a home underdog dating back to 2021 season, including playoffs. That all courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. So the Jaguars as a home dog, been pretty good. So I'm going to go with the uh, Jaguars. Anthony, you took the numbers right out of my mouth. I'm you also the same going ESPN with Jacksonville. Stats. <laughs> sure, I absolutely did. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Falcons running game. Good on point. I, 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 yeah, they're on point have. for sure. Um, <laughs> That's correct. I just no. I like Jacksonville in this one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with them. <laughs> There's something about the Falcons where you're like, I kind of dig it. You know exactly who you are. You're gonna run it on third and five. You're gonna run it down two touchdowns. You're just gonna run it. Mm-hmm. You can't throw the. You can't. You know you can't throw the throw throw the pass forward. You cannot throw a forward <laughs> pass. And I so think it is 1950s style football for the Falcons. And they, they shouldn't because I feel like Desmond Ritter, once he gets the ball, it's going to end up in the hands of Jair Alexander. You know, Marsh. So they should run the football. Desmond Ritter, zero interceptions in his first career, five starts. Well, that's good. Five starts. How many uh, attempts? About 12. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. About 12. All right, guys, better bet to rebound quarterback edition. Joe Burrow, as we established, taking on the Baltimore Ravens, or Geno Smith at Detroit. Oh, Joe Burrow. That Lions team is going to just massacre Geno Smith and the Seahawks. You see, I mean, this team is rallying around Dan Campbell. Now they've got guys that want everybody in the crowd to be wearing blue ski masks. Did you see that? I did. Blue ski mask. Yeah, what's that player's name? CJ. Uh, CJ oh, Gardner Johnson. Yeah, Gardner Johnson. He's like got a, a whole like picture of him wearing a blue ski mask. He wants everybody to adopt the look so that t- teams come out. It's just a bunch of people in blue ski masks. That's a team that they're off their they're off their rocker, right? But in a good way. These players are acting like Dan Campbell, acting like they're going to beat every team that they play. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bode well for the opposition. No. I will say this, though. Oh, Joe Burrow has struggled against Baltimore. 
He doesn't like playing Baltimore. Doesn't like playing in Cleveland. Doesn't like playing Baltimore. All most of Joe Burrow's success has kind of come outside of the division. And they started 0 2 last year too. They did. Anthony, I don't like you just cherry picking numbers. I'm not cherry picking anything. Geno Smith went into Detroit last year, put on a show. 48 45. Yes. How'd that one end up? They won. They won. <laughs> I know. You knew, you knew. I saw your face. I wish we still had YouTube up. As the words were coming out, I could tell the hamster was like, I'm going for it. I don't care. I knew they loved that game. <laughs> I remember that game. It was, it was like, how do you score that many points and still lose? Yes, Lions? that's exactly right. I'm going to say Geno Smith. I'm going with Geno Smith, too, just based on what we ah, saw last season. I think Detroit... Um, I don't think he's going to play as good as he did last year against Detroit. However, I think he's going to play better than what he did last week against the Rams. Yeah. So, all right, last one here. Better bet to go 0 2. The Bills, who are taking on the Las Vegas Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> and the uh, or the Giants, who are at Arizona. Oh. So the better bet to go 0 and 2. So what you have here oh, is the Bills in a better matchup. But the Giants being the worst team. Well, the Giants, I think, have the better matchup. They're playing Arizona. Arizona stinks. They, <laughs> they gave it their all they, they in Washington last they week. They stink. And Las Vegas doesn't stink. They're very mid. Mm-hmm. But the Giants, to me, have the better chance of rebounding. So the Bills have the better chance out of those two of going 0-2. Yes, yeah. correct. This one's tough. It's hot garbage. Because, speaking of hot garbage, Arizona is bad. But I'm still going to go with the Giants. I don't think the Bills lose at Orchard Park to the Raiders. I know how bad they played on Monday night, but I could see the Giants just having a down year this season. And the way Arizona played hard last week in Washington, well, they played I, hard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't predict it, but if we couldn't tell, if the options were Cardinals, the Giants or the the Bills losing again, I'm gonna go with the Giants. I'm gonna go with the worst team. Mm. What says you, Mike? Who's Mike, Mike? Marsh. Excuse me. <laughs> What'd you call him? I looked at Ryder. Got him, Mike. I looked at Mike Ryder when I said that. What says you, Marsh? Um, I actually have the Bills <laughs> losing this week. What says week. you, Matt? <laughs> I have the Bills losing this week, but I might change my pick just based on Jimmy Garoppolo against Buffalo. He had a 73.2 passer rating with only 90 yards in two games against them. So, um, yeah, but the Giants, the Arizona stinks. I'll go with the Bills. There you go. <laughs> All right, 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you got a question for us, send it in. Sports 6 back next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. It's 
Time for the Sports Six Pack here on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. Here is Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question number one. All right, guys, from the 573, how much of the Cardinals' success in 2024 will be dependent on the health of Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz? The health? I think Miles Michaelis is healthy right now, is he not? Oh. <laughs> the health of his performance, I guess. Oh, okay. You know what? It's really up to the front office, isn't it? Because if they don't do their job in the offseason, then it's going to put a lot of extra pressure on Michaelis and Stephen Matz. But if they do their jobs in the offseason and bring in not one, not two, but three starting pitchers, whether it's in free agency or the trade market, it takes a little pressure off of those guys. But if you say, well, we'll get one guy and then we'll uh, we'll get a Drew Verhagen type and then we'll just open up the competition to the the internal options at number five, then it's going to put a lot of strain on Mats and Michaelis. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I'm with you. High five. Question number two. Personal. From the, <laughs> <laughs> from the 314, defensively, who will end up being the best third baseman for the cards? Scott Rowland or Nolan Arenado? Best overall third baseman? It uh, says defensively. Oh, defensively. I think it's got to be Nolan Arenado. Did, did Roland have nine gold gloves? Roland was an absolute stud defender. I don't know. Uh, I don't think he had nine. Nolan Arenado is the best third baseman in, I think I've ever seen. In ever, Bob. I'm trying to think of some other really good third basemen. Wow. Roland had eight gold gloves. What's Arenado got? Nine? Um, I think he's got nine. How many did Roland have with St. Louis? How many has... Nolan had with St. Oh, Lewis. is this like best Cardinals third base? I yeah. think so. Uh, yeah. Roll, the, Roland had one in 04 with the Cardinals, 06 with the Cardinals. I, this is two. Is it 2000 through 04 for his gold gloves? Let yeah, it must be. This. So 02, 03, 04, 06. He had four gold gloves, Scott Rowland did, with the Cardinals. Arnado's got what? Two already? Arnado has ten gold gloves. Oh. Doesn't he have a couple of platinum gloves too? Six platinum gold gloves. <laughs> so I'll say Nolan. So Nolan Arnado. This is what I was gonna ask you guys. Is when Nolan Arnado retires and he's got the right amount of years retired to qualify for the baseball hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll take him as long as it took Scott Rowland to get in? No. So yeah, I think that's your answer. That's Jamie. Damn, you're smart. That's just that's the only way I'm looking at it. Both of them are phenomenal. I can't both of them, can't believe both of those guys were Cardinals. You just knocked me over with a crap ton of perspective. You're welcome. Question number three. Like an opinion god over there. Look at you. Let's not get carried away, Anthony. Okay. Let's not get carried away. From the 314, with the season approaching, what direction will the Blues go with their captaincy? Mm. Yeah, that's been a hot topic here recently. And, I, you know, there's been some alluding to not having one and, and so on. And I, I don't know. I personally believe, and this is just me spitballing, I personally think they might go to a co captain situation where you have two guys that wear the C. 
they alternate whether it's home and away or first half of the season at home, second half of the season away. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the Blues might tinker with a co-captain situation along with a couple of assistants. I I, I think it's a better idea than no captain. Um, I still prefer just one captain, but I also could see the argument to where if you go back and you look at the captains of the past, they've all had a sidekick that was equally as respected and just as much of a leader. So if you look back, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, he had Braden Shen. He had, you know, he was with, and then Ryan O'Reilly and Alex Steen were support cast for Alex Petrangelo. More so Steen with Petrangelo because O'Reilly was just new to the team mm-hmm. at the time. If you go back, you've always had that. David Backus had Keith Kachuk. Chris Pronger had Al McInnes. So I could see Army looking at it from a standpoint of, let's give the C to two guys, be a two-headed monster, and then we have a leadership group of four guys. Yeah. Al McInnes at Jamie Rivers. He did. Poor guy. Not, not where I was going. Mm. Well. Hell knows. Gotta be honest. Hey, Question man. number four. From a 618, when are you guys going to fulfill your punishment for the Pick'em oh, Challenge this tomorrow again? morning? This again? To, actually, tomorrow uh, at noon. That's a six-pack question? This again? Um, we're going to see Kerry Davis. We're taping another Gridiron Guys podcast tomorrow. And by the way, Gridiron Guys, available uh, wherever you download, download your, uh-huh. your podcast. We had our week one instant reactions on Monday. We're doing predictions tomorrow. And I spoke with Carrie, who will get the punishment tomorrow. Carrie lost week one. He's fulfilling said punishment tomorrow afternoon. And yes, we will videotape it. You think Carrie wear, wears sweatpants tomorrow? Yes. I, I have not seen Carrie Davis in anything but sweatpants. I've seen him in a really nice suit a couple of times. Where were you? Oh, you didn't get invited. That's right. No, we had an event last year. What the? Was it the. Uh, remember, it was. Uh, Blueberry Hill. Oh yeah, I was there. Gary okay, so maybe maybe I saw him. Sharp dressed man. Yeah. Okay. I have I only think seen Carrie like something different. I don't think so. I think he, I think he goes sweatpants. He just takes it. Yeah, I do. It's not that he can't. That's for no. sure. It's a tough human being. He is. It'll block James Harrison in practice hey, over Kerry, and over again. Carrie's a big dude. Like he's thick. He's put together. But those he's are, tough. But he's a smaller guy as far as the height is concerned. And those other guys were m- mutants. Mm-hmm. And Kerry had to step up and pick up the blitz and block guys. And he did. I know he did. Hell, he's in the same division there. Suggs and Ray Lewis. Uh, oh, Ray Lewis. Imagine that one. Hey, by the way, Kerry, that guy there, he's your responsibility so I don't get murdered. And Go I'm, get him, yeah, champ. Wherever he is, get in his way. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. You know, he he probably he probably was playing at the same time as I'll have to ask him as Takeo Spikes too, because Takeo Spikes was a bangle, and he let's see here, oh no, Takeo was gone by the time Kerry was in in Pittsburgh. Never mind. Never mind, guys. Never mind. Question number five. From a 314, do you guys think Jordan Bennington can win the Vesna Trophy? Oof. Uh, do I yes. think? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course he can. No, he's not going to win the Vesna. 
Why wouldn't he? It's it, it just usually the Vezina Trophy goes to a goalie that has a number one team. I don't think the Blues line up there just yet. Like if you look at the Bruins last year, they had the greatest regular season in ever. The Tampa Bay Lightning for Vasilevsky had consistent good years. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's not that the Blues are not going to have a good year next year. I certainly hope they win a- enough to get into the playoffs. But they're still going to be a middle-of-the-pack type team, which means that your goaltender, his numbers probably won't be as inflated as a goalie who plays on a team that wins more consistently. So I'd have to say no on that. Like if I'm betting my my hard-earned money in Vegas, I'm mm-hmm. bet no. But here, right now, on these airwaves, being the radio network of the Blues, absolutely. He's there you win. go. Yes. Question number Took six. Took him a second, uh, Marshy, but he got there. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. From the 618, after Arizona, is Kyler Murray ever a regular starting quarterback for another team? Oh, yeah. Yes. You kidding me? Some teams, some drunk team's going to Some fall team that wants to with, lose will get, bring him in. Yeah, Kyler Murray. I mean, because Kyler Murray does have talents. You've seen, you've seen him... You know, on broken plays and things like that, and deliver a little excitement. But yeah, he will. There's a lot of desperate teams out there for quarterbacks. Look, if Carson Wentz can continue to get jobs, that's a good point. Things like that. Other guys, like, yes. Carson Wentz had two more stops after that. Hey, uh, we have a uh, gauntlet coming up in a couple of minutes, and we need a gauntlet contestant. So if you want to play in the gauntlet, text in 314-399-9646, the word gauntlet, and you'll have an opportunity to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or me next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN where it's 404. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We welcome in Tyler to the gauntlet. What's up, Tyler? Hey, how are you guys? We're doing all right. First time in the gauntlet? Yes, sir. Well, welcome aboard. Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or me today? I'll take on you, Anthony. Wow, people are just calling me out left and right. Yeah, they see, they smell your crap a mile away, Anthony. That's nice for you to say, Jamie. Tyler, good luck. Thank you. All right, Tyler. Anthony's going to make his way to the cone of silence here. While he's doing that, um, I'm going to need you to tell Marshy to spin that wheel. Spin that wheel, Marshy. All right, Tyler, what are you hoping for, bud? Um, hockey. Anything but hockey. You do realize you picked Anthony Stalter, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Let's see here. Well, it isn't hockey, so that's good news. Okay. Random. Yeah. Oh, okay. We okay. got random. All I'll right. Take my shot at that. Okay. So to recap the rules quickly here, each question's worth two points. Uh, if you use the options and answer the question correctly, it's only one point. And, of course, if you get it wrong, it's zero points. Tyler, are you ready to rock? Yes. All right. Here we go. In what sport do you use a shuttlecock? Badminton. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. What do snakes use to smell? Uh, give me the options. 
Options are tongue, eyes, nose. I'll say eyes. Final answer? Final answer. All right, move on to question three here. Which mountain range runs up the east coast of the United States? I believe it's the Apple, Appalachian Mountains. Final answer? Final answer. Question number four. In the show The Fairly Odd Parents, the names of Timmy's two godparents are Cosmo and who else? Uh, that would be Wanda. Final answer? Final answer. Oh, avid watcher. <laughs> <laughs> For right, the tiebreaker, we need you to sing the theme song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to bring Anthony in here from the Cone of Silence. Tyler, how do you feel about today, bud? I feel pretty good about it. All but the, the um, one of them. All right. Well, don't talk about it because Anthony's in here. <laughs> He's plugging his ears in here right now. Anthony, how you doing there? I was Cone of Silence. Uh, the Cone of Silence was fantastic. It, it was quick, though, so I'm nervous. Tyler either crushed or he got crushed. That's that's a lot. I feel the same way when I come in and it's like only been like two minutes. Yeah, and like, like what whoa. just happened? Okay. <laughs> well, so. Anthony, I can tell you this as a friend. Yeah. Pack a lunch. Uh, okay. Category: Random. Anthony, good. Good. That body, <laughs> good. Body language is a thing for me. I hated your body language. I'm ready. No, I'm ready. <clears throat> Question. Random, you say? I'm ready. Okay. Damn it. I tell you, you're doing it again. Oh, no, I'm locked in, man. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, congratulations, Tyler. <laughs> I can tell you've already won, but we'll do this just for formality. Question number one Anthony, in what sport do you use a shuttlecock? Ah, this is uh, badminton. Final answer. Or as Jamie would say, badminton. Hmm. It's Canadian. <laughs> It's a Canadian version. <laughs> Question number two. What do snakes use to smell? Ooh, uh, that's that's interesting. There's not a lot of parts on snakes. And I don't know if Grant would go dirty on this one. I think they use their tongue, if I, rem if I remember correctly from my uh, high school snake class. School snake class. I'm gonna go tongue. Final answer. All right, Anthony. Question number three: Which mountain range runs up the east coast of the United States? Nobody knows that. Can I have the options, please? Yeah, the options are the Rocky Mountains, the Appalachian Mountains, or the Smoky Mountains. Ooh, what's the what was the first one? Rocky Mountains. Rocky Mountains. No. Appalachian and what? Smoky. I don't think it's smoke. I know it's not the Rockies. I don't think it's the Smokies. Appalachian State is on that. It's got to be Appalachian because Appalachian State is over there. And why would you name a college that if, you know, the mountain range is right Appalachian Mountain. Final answer. Final question. In the show, The Fairly Odd Parents, the names of Timmy's two godparents are Cosmo and who else? <laughs> I've never heard of this show. You have children, though, Anthony. What's the name of the show? The Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, no chance. Can I get the options, please? Your options are Wanda, 
Trixie Poof. Wanda Trixie Poof? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Wanda. Final answer. (laughs) (laughs) What? What show? Is that an old show? Is it a new show? It's a Nickelodeon show. It's a show that would be on when I was growing up. I've seen so many of these freaking episodes. My kids were right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, my God. Boy, if you gave me something from... Uh, Billy on Pants! Yeah, I've never heard that that reference. I don't get it. All right. Fairies! <laughs> Fairies! Ah! All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the teacher. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's uh Oh, let's start with number 1. In what sport do you use a shuttlecock? Tyler, you said badminton. Anthony, you said badminton. Answer is It's not badminton, it's badminton. And neither of you needed the options. Nice job, Tyler. 2-2. Two, two. After one. Let's go to question 3. Which mountain range runs up the east coast of the United States? Tyler, you said the Appalachian Mountains. Anthony, you said the Appalachian Mountains. Answer is... It is the Appalachian Mountains. But Anthony needed the options. Four, three. Tyler, after two. Nice job there, Tyler. Question number four. In the show The Fairly Odd Parents, the names of Timmy's two godparents are Cosmo and who else? Tyler, you said Wanda. Anthony, you said Wanda. Answer is... It is Cosmo and Wanda. But Tyler did not... Are you serious? ...need the options. Wow. We have 6-4. Holy smokes. Headed into the last question, to which you both have different answers. Oh. Did I use the options on that one? What do snakes use to smell? I did not. Tyler, you said eyes. Hmm. Anthony, you said tongue. Answer is. It's tongue. Oh. We gotta walk off. Walk oh. it off. No. Yes. Six six final score. All right, Tyler. No. Here's how this is going to work. We're gonna ask you. No. Anthony, shush. Okay. Fairies. 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 <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. We're going to ask a question here to both of you. Tyler, you're going to stay quiet. I hate these. Anthony Stalter is going to write down his answer. Once he writes down his answer and we see it, we're going to go right to you, Tyler, and we need an answer quickly. Sound good? Sound good. All right, here we go. Tiebreaker question. Category, random. How many official national parks are there in the United States? Tiebreakers. <laughs> okay, we have Anthony's number. Tyler, what's your answer? I'll say a hundred. All right. <laughs> I'm having a hard time containing myself here right now. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> Tyler, you said what was your answer again, Tyler? One hundred. One hundred. Anthony. Oh, why don't you tell us what your number was? Oh, I wrote down 69, Jamie. Smailing it in. Again. You disgust me with that. It's disgusting. But. Answer is. Ah, oh, 
63! Tyler! <laughs> you have chosen poorly. You lose! <laughs> Tyler, I'm disgusted for you. That's okay. <laughs> Good job, my man. I mean, you got six points. You got three of them without the options. Wow. And then you got this joke, <laughs> Anthony Stalter, mailing it in, and he gets closer to you. I apologize, Tyler. I'm sorry, Tyler. Oh, that's okay. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you thank for you listening. One. Thanks for playing. Have a great wow. day. You too. That's impressive. Tyler, it's three, three no, out no, of those. No, no, let's not talk about Tyler. <laughs> no, we're not talking about Tyler. First of all, let, let, let so many things to break down. Here. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to go? Do you want to have the interview? No, I okay. actually don't. This is not more. This is more of a scolding than an interview. Okay. okay? I won. Yeah, I don't care. Sometimes you win when you play poorly. Okay. <laughs> I expect more out of you. I got every question right. No, Again. you didn't. Didn't okay, I? Okay, yeah, you did. <laughs> Still, okay. <laughs> you come in here. You find out it's random. Yeah. Down go the shoulders. Eeyore. <laughs> then we go to the tiebreaker. Uh huh. And you mailed it in again. No. And you know what the problem I have with this is, Anthony? What? Is you mailed it in and you were successful. <laughs> I hate that. That's like the kid who doesn't study at all for the exam, doesn't care, answers 90% of it correctly. Yeah. It's, it's not, that's not how life should be. Jamie. You didn't take it seriously. Marshall, do you, I'm, if I'm wrong, Marshall, Marsh, correct ba- me, Marsh, back me no, up. Quiet. I mean, coming from a fellow 69er. Oh, yes. oh wow, that's true. <laughs> I just remembered I'm talking to two 69ers. Yeah. Why? We appreciate that number. And you know what? Had that Marsh- was the gauntlet here on 101 no, ESPN. Wait, come on. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Does a Tyler Tucker come in and work his way up the lineup? Because he's going to play with edge. He's going to play with nastiness. And he's going to box guys out without taking interference penalties. You know, who slides up? I still think that if your centermen remain Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, and Kevin Hayes, there is a gaping hole on the left side somewhere on in your top six. If you're going to be a deep enough team to be good and challenge for a playoff spot. But I think you probably have, I'd say, clearly four of the top six are set. So I've got three open spots in my mind in the top nine. And then the fourth line for me is a Yahtzee cup of dice and say, who wants it? That was Chris Kerber, voice of the blues right here on 101 ESPN, who joined us earlier in the fast lane. That was in response to a question I asked him about how many roster spots are actually set in stone for the blues this upcoming season. So Jamie, same question to you. I said that we were going to talk about this. I think it's interesting when you look at Doug Armstrong bringing in Nick Ritchie, you look at Army making the move for Kevin Hayes, you know, Oscar Sundquist coming in. Some of the some of the moves he's made, keeping as many defensemen, at least right now, on the roster. How many spots do you think are, are actually up for grabs here? Well, before we get into that, Anthony, a couple of questions. Uh, one question for you. Do you like playing Yahtzee? Because Curb's little cup of dice of Yahtzee there. I don't think I've ever pl- I know the game, yeah. but I don't think I've ever played Yahtzee. Really? I enjoy Yahtzee. My mom loves to play Yahtzee. Okay. And so whenever we get together, we play Yahtzee together. It's a fun game. Kids like it, too. It's a real easy game, but it takes some counting and some math and kind of problem solving. I think it's a good idea that you start playing a little Yahtzee. 
Look, I get it, okay? My kids are struggling in school. You don't have to bring it to the airwaves. Uh, No, Anthony. I think what I want to have happen is Killian just dance all over the place after he pounds the snot out of you. He probably will, yeah. My kids are pretty pretty smart. They're really intelligent. Yes. They're thriving in school. Anyways, food for thought. Uh, Secondly, Kevin Hayes, uh, new blue, hasn't played a game yet here in St. Louis, taking batting practice down there at Bush Stadium, went right over the right field wall. Yeah, he did. Yep. Can he play for the Cardinals? Maybe. Can he pitch? That had to be determined. Okay. Well, let's get him in Jim uniform. Jim went over the right field wall way back when at batting Jamie practice. Jamie Rivers did. Yeah, he did. Mark McGuire had us down there doing batting practice. I'd like to feel like I was partly responsible for all his success. Oh, I think you were. He watched me hit the ball, and he's like, I want to do what that guy just did. You know, Jamie? No, in fairness, it barely got over the wall. Doesn't matter. But it got over. It went, you don't have to say that last Did part. I run the bases? Yeah, Absolutely. I did. Did they laugh? Yes. Mm. You know, getting back to Big Mac, I've often heard that he had help that year. He had a lot of help. Who was the hitting coach? And I, now we know Jamie Rivers helped him. Private lessons. Oh. Mm. We didn't want. I didn't want any, you know any um, problems in the clubhouse with the current coaching staff. So makes sense. <clears throat> By I used the way, to I- take Mark out to the playground. Nobody. Recognized him. Oddly enough, in '98, nobody recognized Mark McGuire and me pitching to him. Yeah. Sometimes it was we did some T work. Nice. Other times it was a little underhand pitch right next to him, working through the ball, keeping yeah. that bat right in the strikes in the strike zone yeah. longer. Nice level swing. Yeah. Mm. Short two, long through is what Jamie yeah. used to tell Big Mac. And I used to uh, to train him. What I did was I took two chairs and I put them about 15 feet apart and I tied a rope between the chairs, and I said, the bat through the strike zone has to stay along the rope as long as possible. Wow. By the way, I you're think... You're welcome, St. Louis. Jeez. Anthony, you're more of a clue guy than... Oh, no, he has no clue. Yahtzee guy. <laughs> he has no clue. We got, we got Anthony in the billboard room with the beer bottle. No doubt, yeah. Anthony in the bar with two it beer bottles. It started with the <laughs> beer bottle, ended up in the library <laughs> candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> you're hilarious. So back to the Blues roster. Um, when we when it comes to a competition within the group, doesn't have to be the library. No, you're right. It could be anywhere, Anthony. Mm-hmm. You're right, especially after as many beers as you drink. No doubt. Um, look, I think the bottom billiards room, the game room, kitchen, pantry, laundry room, crawl space. <laughs> Woodshed. Roof. Roof. (laughs) (laughs) Woodshed. (laughs) You know, you were there, Marcy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Jamie. Yeah, the bottom six. Yeah, okay. Bottom six is where you're going to see competition here with the St. Louis Blues. I mean, the top six, Curbs is right. There's going to be some competition internally to find out who plays on those lines. But for me, the bottom six is where the competition is as far as staying on the roster. And Mackenzie McEachern signs himself a nice two-year one-way deal. That's awesome. He's a great dude. He's a hard worker. He's a fast skater, all these things. But he's got to do that consistently if he's going to stay in the lineup, if he's going to stay up in the NHL. Because Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube, I can tell you this, sitting down with those guys talking, there's absolutely zero desire to have a repeat of what happened last year Mm -hmm. to the point where i think that if you can't pull your weight like army will do drastic things (laughs) i feel like this is the year where if something crazy is going to happen as far as roster wise 
to where somebody gets sent to the minors making four, five, six million dollars, it might happen if they can't contribute to this team properly. And I feel like Craig Bruby's at the point where if you can't play the way you're supposed to play for your teammates within the system that we want to play, you won't play. Yeah. I don't think he cares about feelings anymore. And not that he cared about feelings last year, but it is a fine line for these coaches in today's game to where you don't necessarily have all of the control because big contracts play four, five, six, seven, eight-year deals outlast the coach. They outlast the GM. So the players ultimately have a lot of the power. So it's tough sometimes to scold the player knowing that if this doesn't work out, they still have five years or six years left on their deal. I don't. But I think that they've had it. I think that this this management group, the coaching staff, and I do believe to a man for the players, especially the guys returning from last year's inconsistent season, they want results. They want to have a better season. They, they want to spend less time talking to us about what went wrong yeah, or why it's not working when sometimes you don't always have the answers to that. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think there's going to be a healthy amount of competition in this year's training camp. Do I really feel like there's a whole bunch of spots available? I don't think there's as many spots as we think from a on the roster, off the roster, but I do think there's any spot almost available within the roster, meaning you play hard, you play within the system, you play for the team, you'll get more opportunity. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's a fast line on 101 ESPN. We're going to do hot take or hot garbage. So if you have a hot take for us, send it in 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service Tax Line. Hot take, hot garbage next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time to play hot take or hot garbage here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stelter, Andrew Marsh. All right, guys, hot take. Brayden Shen should 100% have the C and should have been done long ago. Um, Say that again. Shen? So the hot take is that Shen should have the captaincy and he should have been named captain long ago. Hot take or hot garbage? I I think that's hot garbage. Well, wait, are we saying like long ago, meaning last year? Like he should have already been named captain. Yeah, no, that's that's a hot take. Absolutely, that's a that is a good take. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's hot garbage. You would, Um, and the reason I say that is because well, we have to pick one or the other for for this category or this segment. But the way I look at it is, I think that coaching staff and management also wanted to see who would emerge as the clear cut leaders of this team or the actual captain. And it takes an off season to see that too. I can tell you from working with these guys for a number of years, I knew the moment that the locker room became Alex Petrangelo's locker room. People around the organization knew it was Alex Petrangelo's locker room. People knew that it was Alex Steen and Alex Petrangelo together in that locker Like you just know. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think you knew that yet because the locker room was still Ryan O'Reilly's locker room. And you didn't really fulfill the, the the spot of captain once he was traded last year. And I get that. Why would you, right? You want to see somebody that you know, reaches out and grabs it with the way they 
behave, with how they work, the, the, the standard that's set, all of the stuff. So I don't mind that they've waited for this amount of time. I think they've had enough time, though, now to see who is a clear-cut captain. I have always been in the Braden Shen camp. It's just something about him. The players migrate to him. They respect his opinion. They respect his style of play. They respect everything that he brings to the table. So for me, it's a no-brainer. But I do like that the, the Blues have waited. Make sure he's your guy. Because this team right now is in a very pivotal stage for the next handful of years. And you don't want just to hand the captaincy off to somebody and drag the team down. Which is why I don't think you'll see a young guy get it outright. And it's not that they'll drag the team down, but this is when you need leadership the most. Mm -hmm. Is when things are at their worst. And I'd hate to put that burden on a young player at this moment by putting it on Thomas's chest or Kairou or somebody like that just because they've got the the contract, right? Right. I'd rather put that responsibility on the shoulders of somebody that I know can handle it. And so that's why I like the way they've waited, and I do still feel like Braden Shen's the guy. From 314, hot take. City SC will win first in the West, and Roman Berkey will win MVP. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. That's hot take. Hot take. Roman Berkey is the, the clear-cut difference maker for this team this year. Without Roman Berkey, I would argue. In fact, I, I don't even know if there's an argument. Text line and soccer fans can correct me if I'm wrong, but without Roman Berkey, I don't think you're in first place. Agreed. Actually, I know you're not. Yeah. Based upon the saves and the game-changing things that he's done. If you have an average keeper, you're not in first place. Yeah. So, hot take. From the 618, Mike Tomlin's non-losing season streak will end this season. Hot take or hot garbage? Hot take. His offense coordinators, he stuck with Matt Canada. He didn't have a winning season last year. He, yeah, yeah. The 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 streak is streak was broken. Non-losing. Non-losing. So you can be five hundred. So no, he had actually a, he no, had they were nine year. and eight. They just yeah. didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, they had. A, they, they were nine and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Tomlin is a magician. Yeah. Well, he won't be working any magic. He's, he's no Merlin they, this year. They can't. They can't run the ball. They did play the 49ers, though. So let's just take that for a grain of salt. They can't run the ball. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Their, their offensive line isn't good. Kenny Pickett, with this offensive coordinator, not great. Defensively, excellent. Tomlin, I mean, we, we, sh- it, we should not doubt him. But I think this is the year that things kind of catch up to him. And I know I just said last week that the Steelers were going to make the playoffs. But what I saw last week, kind of is it's in the same vein as, as, the, as Mizzou. Their offense. At what point do we say, okay, this is just who they are? Same offense. No improvement. At all. No. And I I, I fell for it. They had the 3-0 preseason. And everybody saw my, yeah, this offense is clicking. I knew that last preseason game, they, they faced Atlanta's fourth stringers. So they, they, it's, it was great it's smoke and mirrors, as Jamie would call it. He was. He was. He was great in that game <laughs> against guys that were bagging groceries two days later. No thanks. From the 314, hot take or hot garbage, if you don't look up the restaurant menu before going, you're a rookie. 
No, no. Hot garbage. I like to sit down, peruse the menu. It's part of it. It's part of the experience. Mm. It's like going to the movies and, and catching the trailers. You're right. I don't know what trailer is going to come. I don't know what movies are coming out. God, I love the trailers. I They're love great. them so much. I'm going to go to, I'm gonna go to the uh, the restaurant. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to peruse the menu. Come on. Yeah, it's hot garbage. I, um, I I can't stand looking up the menus on my phone or anything like that. It drives me absolutely crazy. One, because I can't see anymore. <laughs> Got to put the damn readers on. <clears throat> but uh, two sense. is even in pandemic times, which I know things were really different. When they had the little QR code and you'd go into a restaurant and you have to pull up the menu of, on your phone. I hated it. I always ask, give me a menu. I don't care. What if some people I'm not going to lick phones, it. Yeah? Just give me the damn menu so I can read it properly. Right. Yeah. You, uh, you just use the QR. No, I'm walking out. No. Yeah, I want I want a menu and I enjoy. That's part of the experience. You get in there. Mm-hmm. If you already looked it up, you sit down. You're like, oh, I'm just going to order. It like speeds up the whole night and everything. Sit down, relax, order a drink, yeah. talk, yeah. order an appetizer, talk. Ask, ask the, the waiter or waitress, hey, what do you recommend? And, and then what about when, specials? Yeah. They don't put the specials on the online menu. How is Anthony supposed to draw a little, you know, stick figures in crayon if he doesn't have a menu? Well, the problem exactly. is Anthony eats the crayons. Oh. He thinks How? they're different flavors. That's the problem. Well, they are. Purple's uh, grape. Green is usually uh, lime. lime. Yeah. Here's yeah. the here's yellow's the... either banana or lemon. Lemon. And you actually put the lemon and the lime. Oh, it's delicious at the same time. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you something, Anthony, that you're gonna find um, shocking. Mm-hmm. They're all the same flavor. <laughs> They're all the same flavor. Nah. Next thing you're gonna tell me that M and M's are all the same flavor. They're not. Oh, no, they are. Skittles aren't the same flavor. No, we didn't say Skittles. That's true. Actually. Yeah. Crayons, though. Crayons are different. Yes. Red, cherry. You always tell, too. Jamie's getting called a boomer again. Karen Rivers bugging the staff about the menu. Yeah, give me the damn menu. You, too. Whoever, 636-314-573, whoever the hell you are. <laughs> I thought you were reading the whole number for a second. Like, Jamie, no! I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, funny. Yeah, you want to mess with me? <laughs> I've got your number! I'll put Get you on the list. Literally. We'll put it out there on the interwebs. My old dial-up internet. (laughs) Put it out there. When I get home and I log on to AOL. (laughs) When I unplug my landline and plug that sucker into my laptop, you are done. (laughs) 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 Uh, Remember that? (laughs) I know what that is. Remember that when I was a kid? Mom, can I get online? Only for 20 minutes. That's enough time. I have a phone call I have to take. (laughs) Yep. Picks up the... Picks up the phone, starts dialing. Mom! (laughs) I'm on the internet. It just downloaded my page. Anthony's background on his computer is still a green hill. Yep. Those were underrated. (laughs) Uh, From the the 314 hot take, Jakub Verana will be a 30-goal scorer this season for the Blues. Oh, hot garbage on that one. I think that... uh, I think the offense is going to be spread out quite a bit, and I think he gets a 20. I think we have, for this team to be successful, you're going to have to have seven 20-goal scorers on your roster. I don't think that that's incredibly difficult for this team, given the circumstances. I think 30 is a bit of a stretch for Verona. I only say that because I think the offense is going to be spread around a lot more. Hmm. 
All right. Well, I'll do it. Is that it, Marshy? Well, Are you we just do, fed up? No, we do have a question. It's not a hot take or a hot garbage, but it, it's definitely a needed question to be asked. Do you pronounce it crayon or crayon? Crayon. Oh, it's crayon. I say crayon. I say crayon, too. Some people say crown. Who the hell says meat? that? People from Kansas City. Yeah, meat and my girlfriend, Ashley. Crown? Crown. Like crown candy? Yeah, but they remember meat? Crown. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, she's from Wichita, Kansas. There so. you go, exactly. Yeah. People from Kansas crowns. call them crowns. I don't understand that. I don't either. I mean, if there's ever been a red flag that was for it. me, that was it. Yeah. The moment she said, let's get up the crowns, do some pictures. I'm like, what? You I probably said, thought it was Crown Royale. I did. I was like, I'll get the glasses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style, honey. She said, what? I said, oh. I said, never mind. Yeah, what are you talking about? Oh, crayons? She got them out because Anthony was coming over, and she knows he likes to eat them. I do. <laughs> yeah. She's Someone got, said he likes to stick them up his nose. She's got great crowns, you know? Yeah. So some, I come over. Some would say that, Anthony. You're right. And I appreciate you noticing that. That's why I head over to Jamie's. Oh, yeah. I love the fact that you're always around. What do the firings... No, oh, you like it. Yeah. What do the firings of the uh, around the league mean in the room for the Cardinals front office? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So before the show, we're getting ready for the uh, the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. And I noticed on ESPN, breaking news, that the Red Sox had fired Kyle Bloom, their president of baseball operations, their chief baseball officer. And this, of course, you know, led to a discussion between Marsh, Jamie, and me about, you know, this is going to spark Cardinals fans to say, look at the look at the White Sox did, look at the Red Sox did, look at the Mets did. They're getting rid of their front office guys. Why are the Cardinals standing pat? I'm not here to tell you that's not a that that's that's an unreasonable question. I'm not. Kenny Williams had been with Chicago for a very long time. Now the White Sox were dealing with stuff inside that clubhouse, as we now know, like the bullpen. But guys are just falling asleep. The whole time and, and yeah, guys are like leaving before the end of the game in the showers in the seventh inning. Yeah, the, the, the culture had gone sideways. <laughs> oh my gosh, on on Kenny Williams and company in Chicago. When it comes to Kime Bloom, though the the red the Red Sox front office man, it 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 reminds you a little bit of the Cardinals situation in this in this fact. You know they. They signed Xander. They didn't sign Xander Bogarts. They gave a bunch of money to Raphael Devers, but then they didn't do anything pitching wise. Raphael Devers himself even said, "Hey, we need pitching." When the team was heading into the trade deadline and they were still in the wild card contention, Kyle Bloom decided to sit pat. They didn't know who they were under under Kyle Bloom. He comes in, he makes the Mookie Betts deal. It has not worked out. Oh. Mookie, Mookie Betts went on to L, you know, to the Dodgers, and he has all he's done is do exactly what he did in Boston, which is put up big time numbers. He got <laughs> why Verdugo. did he make that deal? Why I, did he make that deal? Is it was Mookie Betts' contract expiring? 
Well, I think they wanted to get, yes, because he got a new deal from the Dodgers. And I think the Red Sox, once again, wanted to get under the luxury tax. So ownership bears a little responsibility in this. find a different way? You would think. Maybe. But then they turned around and gave Devers $313 million. So how much are you really saving there? Yeah. I I think they decided on one franchise guy, but it left them barren in other areas. But where the the similarities, at least to me, are when it comes to the Red Sox and Bloom and maybe Mo is you, you kind of lost who you were. The Red Sox didn't know who they were. I think the Cardinals have kind of lost their way in terms of they put all the resources into into the position players, and your offense is good. But this used to be an organization under Mo, not just not just you know before him, that understood what strong pitching and defense could do for you. And yes, the fan base was frustrated by the by some of the offensive years, the lean offensive years, but you're still in contention, not just because of the NL Central, but because you could pitch and because you could play defense. And Jamie, it's no surprise to me that in your worst historical year, you were horrible in both of those categories. Well, defensively, they've gotten better. Ish. No, they have. Overall, look at the metrics, Anthony. They've gotten a lot better. But they were Defensive won't. efficiency, they're still they're they're nowhere where they need to be. No, I totally agree. I'm polishing up a bit of a turd. Sure. Okay? Yeah. <clears throat> I recognize and, that. I've noted it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm targeting the fact that now Mason Wynn, he looks very promising defensively. Nolan Arenado has bounced back from a tough start of the season defensively. So yeah, I'm taking those things into consideration as well. You still have some guys in the outfield that's a bit of a circus. Anytime the ball's hit to them, um, you cross your fingers and pray. But either way, uh, here's what I don't understand about the Cardinals. Why the hell would you just abandon one thing in your organization? And maybe I'm wording that wrong. Why would you pivot and go solely position players? I I know they still drafted some pitchers and whatnot, but was there not a way to continue down the same path that you were on, but just add a little bit of pop, add some more of those offensive guys? Yeah. Like, I feel like with as many players that are taken in the Major League Baseball draft, mm-hmm. you probably could have had a better balance. So, like, I feel like the pivot was so drastic that now they're sitting here, they're caught with their pants down. Like, well, how did this happen? Right. Well, it happened because you just abandoned it. Jamie, I think that a lot of people like to bring up what trade? The Rosarina trade, right? The one that hurt him by far was not that. No. It was the Marcelo Zuna trade. So your question, this fits perfectly into your question. So why did they abandon it? They were they abandoned it because they're so desperate, in my opinion, to add another bat to compliment Paul Goldschmidt that they said, screw it, let's go all in for Stanton. Stanton didn't choose them. Yes. Then they went all in Which, for okay. Christian Yelich. Let's back it up for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do this in stages. Sure. Would you have been okay as a Cardinals fan if you made the Alcantara trade and you got Giancarlo Stanton? I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I was okay with the Ozuna trade because I understood what they were trying to do. Ozuna was coming off a monster year. Anthony answered the question in sequence here. Okay. Would you have been okay with Giancarlo Stanton? Yes. Okay. Would you have been, then tier two, would you have been okay with Christian Yelich? Yes. Okay. 
My problem lies in the fact that Ozuna was third place. Mm-hmm. He was door number three. At that point, I can't give up Sandy Alcantara. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I was willing to give up these two, like him, for one of these two guys. We're on the third tier here, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to do that. I know you needed a bat. I would have knocked on a different door at that point. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that deal gets done then, though. Because Alcantara was the key piece. Right, that, but that's what exactly what I said. I would have knocked on a different door then. Okay, gotcha. I would have went to a different team gotcha. to find another middle-of-the-order bat. Sure. Either uh, somebody who I didn't have to give up as much, mm-hmm. or somebody was equal value to Stanton or Yelich. Ozuna was not. Yeah. I know he had pop. He had a gold he, glove. Guy was a hell of a defender. He had a gold sleeve, Anthony. <laughs> it's a big difference, okay? <laughs> I try not to remember that he had a gold glove. In fact, YouTube shows me several times where I'm just scratching my head. Mm-hmm. So that's my problem with that trade is you kind of panicked. You went for door number three when you shouldn't have. You should have moved on to a different team or been more or be patient mm-hmm. and find another dance partner. Right. In defense of the Cardinals, they thought they had enough pitching. They, they thought they had enough young pitching. They thought that Jack Flaherty and Alex Reyes were going to be at the top of the rotation. I know. And look, we can all do this with hindsight. We can. Yeah, but this makes us really sound smart. It certainly does, Jamie. It certainly does. But if you're going to look back and say, okay, where did the Cardinals lose their way? It was that trade. Because bad trades are going to happen. I agree. Randy Rosarina, that that trade, you got got the top lefty in the Rays organization. Like, okay, it blew up in your face, but you you can see why. Did they have a top righty? <laughs> the question, the real question was, if the Rays are giving him up, do we really want him? That was probably the question <laughs> to be asked. Like the Rays, one of the most but the, I, the I, smartest organizations. Had they earned that reputation at the time yet, though? Yeah, pretty good. Really? Yeah. I thought I feel like that was like kind of the the beginning of Maybe. fleecing everyone. Yeah. But we did this with the Petrangelo. It's the it's the domino it effect. Is. And it I think is. that's that's where you are now. Now, the Cardinals organization, the ownership group, they, they love Mo. We can have this conversation so we're blue in the face about whether or not he should go as well. But you also don't want to be diving into a pool that is now weakened because multiple teams are looking for top front office personnel. Anthony, I want to get your feelings on this. I know we're up against it. Well, can we carry it over? Uh, I don't know if it's worthy. I'll ask the question and you decide. Okay. Okay. A lot of people talk about the Oscar Tavares passing mm-hmm. as th- that's where things went off the rails. Do we really mm-hmm. believe that to be true? Because how many games had Oscar Tavares played at that time? Not many. And I'm not doubting his talent. I remember the hype surrounding this young man. Yeah. I do. And his death is an absolute tragedy. And there's no doubt it, it made an impact on the organization in mm-hmm. many ways. Yeah. But was that really the turning point? He played 80 games. So the thing that we'll never know, of course, is who Oscar Tavares was going to be. I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah. If Oscar, he was a big time prospect Mm -hmm. and somebody that was causing a big time stir. If Oscar Tavares winds up being that, that hitter that you tried to acquire from Miami. Then yeah, maybe maybe things go a lot differently. I think as we're doing the hindsight well, if he game, ended up being Tyler O'Neill. If you wind up being Tyler O'Neill, the Cardinals still would have held on to him, and maybe you don't make that Ozuna trade. 
You know, like, yeah. and I mean that with all sincerity because Tyler O'Neill, like, when you look at it, you're like, that is a friggin' baseball player, right? But the Cardinals wouldn't have given up on they haven't given up on Tyler O'Neill, so they certainly wouldn't have given up on Tavares if if he had been struggling. Yeah. So I just wonder. If, it's a fair statement to say. I just wonder if it had that much of an impact. And I understand a lot of text messages coming in here. And thank you for understanding my question. Nobody's like up in my face here. Yeah. But they just you know a lot of say. Yeah, because since since he passed, like you had to make a trade. Then. Right. So like, I I I think it's fair to make that statement. I do, because you look at it and you say if if you had him, if if this then that right. Yeah. If you had Tavares, then you're you're probably not making. You're still making the Goldie trade, but maybe you're not making the Ozuna trade. And then you're looking at Elcontra and Gallon at the top of your rotation. If Gallon pans out. Gallon was not Gallon was not well, yeah. what he has turned out to be. That was that was the equivalent of like throwing you know, hey, we're gonna also give you a uh we're gonna give Drew you Rom type two the, Cy Young winners, okay? Right. <laughs> that uh. all right. What's trending is next in the fast lane on one oh one ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, we were talking about this in the break. Dan Marino claiming that he could throw for 6,000 yards in the NFL today. He said the best part about this is I'm retired and I don't have to prove it. Yes, <laughs> we'd throw for 6,000 yards. It would be a lot of fun. I wish I could. Do you think Dan Marino could throw for 6,000 yards if he was playing in the NFL today. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. It was a completely different game when he played, and he put up big-time numbers then. Talking about a league that mostly ran the ball, couldn't go over the middle. Cornerbacks could still mug the wide receivers. Jamie, I've, talk, I've heard you talk about this from a hockey standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, there was times where you could not get in front of the net because you were just going to get your head taken off. <laughs> like, there was punishment to be doled out. You police the game, basically. I mean, today's NFL cornerback breathes on a wide receiver a lot of times you're getting a flag mm. middle of the middle of the field's wide open you're thinking about these offenses now you get him with a creative play caller could you imagine him in Kyle Shanahan's offense or uh not a Shanahan's offense probably a bad example but Andy Reid's offense McVay's offense put him anywhere this guy was an McDaniel's absolute stud yeah. player I wouldn't he, put it past them he had a bullet for an arm Unorthodox little throwing style to him a little bit there. Certainly not the most mobile quarterback. But I would say that Dan Marino is not far off. Does he get 6,000? I don't know, but he's not far off. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, truly. Well, speaking of throwing the ball for a ton of yards, some say that the deep ball itself is dead. There were 3,416 attempts of 15-plus air yards last season that it's the fewest since 2006 i remember a few months ago you said anthony that the running game could be making its way back into the nfl 
You have a lot of defenders that are smaller now. Mm -hmm. You look at the Falcons, their entire identity is running the football. Why do you think that is that there were less attempts or fewer attempts since 2006 when it comes to throwing the ball deep? I I think that the game now is... It's either one. So you're talking about just throwing the ball deep in this case? Throwing the ball 15 plus air yards. So 15 plus air yards. So you have more teams that are running the ball. They're run first teams. More so, though, when it comes to not putting the ball through the air, it is absolutely about the other teams that are still throwing using the short game as an extension of the run. Or almost the short game in replace, you know, to replace the run. A lot of screens. A lot of you know quick stuff over the middle and they're using that instead of running the football or again you've got more teams like Atlanta that are run that are run first you're not exchange the only thing is teams that that throw the ball deep you know Kansas City teams that take that they're willing to take their shots Philly will will do a, a, you know everything in that offense mm. they're still gonna be the ones that are left in the end because if you can't throw the ball vertically you're not going to beat good defenses when when push comes to shove. Anthony, has cover two impacted this? Because uh, I feel like that has made it way more difficult to take the top off the defense. Yeah, it does. Tampa, the Tampa two was was designed to slow down the greatest show on turf, and that was like the first inkling that of where offenses were going to go. Mm-hmm. I think teams, though, use so much nickel now, which means you've got an extra defensive back. On. That's your base. It used to be ba- base was 4-3. Four, four, that was everybody's base, or a 3-4. Now you have it. You have an extra defense, defensive back on the field all the time. The base now is nickel. So it's a lot harder to throw against teams when you have an extra defensive back out there instead of a linebacker, who's obviously a little bit bigger, designed to stop the run more. So... I don't know. I, I think teams use so much different coverages from from down to down that I don't know if the, the cover two specifically, but it's a good question nonetheless. Mike Trout with the the Angels, terrible, terrible baseball team. Uh, we have not talked about this, but Mike Trout, uh, at least the Angels said that they are interested in trading him if he shows any interest that he wants to move on. Uh, this is from the New York Post. If Trout does want to go, folks believe the hometown Phillies and Yankees might be of interest. With Trout still having seven years left at $35.45 million per year, one rival said the Angels would have to pay it down. Another possibility, an exchange of big contracts. The Yankees, who were all set to draft him when the Angels nabbed him just a couple picks ahead in 2009, might like to consider sending Giancarlo Stanton to the Angels for Mike Trout. Of course, that might not work for the Angels. What are your thoughts on that? And could Mike Trout be someone the Cardinals look into? No way. No to your last question because of what you said about the contract. Seven years at 30, 35 million per year. There's no way the Cardinals are going to do it. And honestly, I don't blame him. I wouldn't do it. He's, He's already showing signs of injury now, too. Absolutely. The last two of his last three years have been injury injury riddled. He's going to be 32 next year. I'm sure he's, you know, it's still Mike Trout. But we're not talking about Mike Trout for another two years. We're talking about Mike Trout for seven. It's a lot. At 35 per year. With all the injury problems that he has had, again, in two of his last three seasons. Yeah. If if the injury history was not there, 
uh, even that's a stretch. You're looking at maybe five good years from Mike Trout, not seven. Mm-hmm. So the last two years, you're eating a really heavy contract. Can't I, do it. I just, yeah. Can't do it, won't do it, Jamie. No, I agree. I love the player, not the, but not the player in the contract, which is what teams are getting, teams have to think about. Last thing here, we talked about the Bills earlier uh, in NFL better bet, whether they would go 0-2 or the Giants would go 0-2. Some of us picked the Giants. I, maybe we picked the Bills. I can't really remember. But anyways, Stefan Diggs, who was a part of that Bills team, before Wednesday's press conference, a hot mic caught a Bills reporter making some interesting remarks about Diggs. She said there's no control over Stefan Diggs. Dude's going to do what he wants to do. He'll look he'll look in the he'll look me in my face and say f you. That's how he treats everybody. Uh, Diggs then came back. He said on Twitter the audio or X the audio shared was very hurtful and it was insulting to my character. Uh, character Jesus. Jeez, jeez. My character and how t- and how I was raised. I always treated people how I wanted to be treated. I greet everyone with smiles and respect. From the people in our cafe to the people that keep our building in clean and in order. What are your thoughts about Stefan Diggs? And is there a little, uh, I don't know, just some some drama going on in Buffalo? Well, I just, I, I actually just saw this. So, so the reporter is Maddie Glab, who is a team reporter for the Bills. She went to Mizzou, I guess. She's got hashtag Mizzou made. She apologized. She said, I, liked, I, I would like to apologize for what I said today. She said, I want to take ownership for what I said today. I'm very sorry for what I said and meant no ill will. I respect the hell out of Stefan Diggs, and he has been one of my favorite players to cover. He has, a, he has great character and treats us media with lots of respect. He takes time out of his day to talk to us, which he doesn't have to do. For context, media was waiting for players to come out for press conferences when a reporter jokingly told me to go get Stefan Diggs. I said I don't have control over him. Steph marches to the beat of his own drum, and I love that about him. He has a playful relationship with our video department, so that's why I said he probably wouldn't say yes to me grabbing him for an interview. I should not have said what I said, and I apologize for that. Steph is not in the wrong. I am. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like these apologies. <laughs> I don't like I don't them. either. I don't, because the only reason she's apologizing is because she was caught. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's just like how many times you see anybody, uh, man, woman, child, it doesn't matter. They... They don't apologize. Like, when's the last time you've seen somebody do that, not get caught, then go up to the player and say, you know what, man? Three days ago, I said this about you. Mm. Never. N- Nobody caught me saying it, Yeah. but I'm sorry. I apologize. You're a way better person than I thought. Nobody ever does that. Right. So these apologies after the hot mic things and all that stuff, I'm sorry. It doesn't hold water for me. Mm-hmm. You said what you said, and now you regret saying it because you got caught. Well, and you f- you fear the the, re- the repercussions. Well, whatever the case, sure. it makes you look bad, which it does. Yeah. Unless he has a history of treating said reporter poorly, or reporters, or staff members, I don't know. I know there's been tension around Stefan Diggs, and. You know, teammates and things like that, mm-hmm. but that's way different. Yeah, and that's dating back to his Minnesota days too. There's a lot of drama surrounding him. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I just don't like the apology because you were caught for anybody. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
I think that's fair. I mean, we'll see what happens when it comes to the situation. But you're right, Marsh. There's been there's there there always seems to be kind of something here. So I don't know. I liked what Diggs said at the end of last year. I liked that he was ticked off. I liked that he he stormed off the field because the the Bills did not live up to expectations. So he seems to be a passionate competitor. I've never worked with him, so I can't answer from that regard, but he seems to be a, a, a competitor. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Speaking of the Bills, will they land in our smoke and mirrors category? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, let's play smoke and mirrors, gentlemen. Are these players and or teams smoke and mirrors? Jamie, why don't you go ahead and just describe your version of smoke and mirrors. Uh, Smoke and mirrors is a team that everybody thinks, or a player everybody thinks is great, going to be awesome, and it looks good, and uh, yeah, it's not true. Mm -hmm. It's false is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start off with uh, the Detroit Lions. Lions, Lions, Lions. What do you think, Jamie? They're not smoking mirrors. There's no way. Look at last year. The bounce back season they had last year as opposed to the seasons they had before that. And now they're continuing to take steps in the right direction. Uh, The defense, although still a problem for them, has still improved a little bit. The offense still being able to move the ball, put numbers on the board. Dan Campbell seems to have figured out the way to get an entire army of players behind him pushing in the same direction. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely don't think the Lions are smoking mirrors. Do I think they're a Super Bowl champion? No, yes. I don't think they're there no. yet. I okay. wish. I, I, I will celebrate it, that's for sure. But I certainly don't feel like they're smoking mirrors. March, what do you think? I don't think they're smoking mirrors either. I think they are continuing to grow from the team that they were at the back half of last year. I think they know what their identity is, and I think they're going to stick with that. And that all revolves around Dan Campbell and how he prepares this team, how he fires up this team, how he fires up Jamie. So I don't think this team is smoke and mirrors. I don't either. I don't. Jamie, I thought you brought up a great point. They've they've improved since second half of last year, and even slightly before that. The offense came alive, yes. But we had talked about this, and I didn't give him enough credit. Aaron Glenn, I didn't give him enough credit for the job that he has done with that defense since the midway point last year. They cut down on a lot of key statistics, you know, yards per play and yards per points and you know points per game cut it down last in the second half last year and that continued into week one where even without Travis Kelsey and I know Kadarius Stoney had a lot of drops you still held Patrick Mahomes 20 points in his house when the banner was dropped that's impressive so I don't think the Lions are smoking smoking mirrors either what about the Green Bay Packers smoking mirrors Uh, I think I'm gonna say yes although I'm starting to think they're better than what I thought. I don't think they're as good as people are giving them credit for. So, Me? Yeah, you, mostly, <laughs> quite honestly, staring right at you, Anthony Stalter. I, I think I think that Jordan Love and the Packers will be better than what I gave them credit for. Well, are they a first-place team and a playoff team? No. Smoke and mirrors. I believe the Packers are smoke and mirrors. I'll say smoke and mirrors right now. You I mean, they, they played the Bears. Like, <laughs> Thank come on. you, Andrew. What are you talking about? Come on. Everybody loved Justin Fields. They had him an MVP. That they had team, the Bears that going team, to the playoffs. We don't even need to bring them up because the automatic answer for that team is smoke and mirrors. 
but they played the Bears. I'd like to see what they can do uh, against a better team. Now they're taking on the Falcons this week. I don't know if that's now, obviously the Falcons won last week, so I can't you know say all too much. But I don't consider the Falcons to be one of the top teams in the league. So oh, no. But I mean, Green Bay could not. be good enough to win the NFC North. So. Uh, but for right now, I'll say smoke and mirrors, but that could definitely change moving forward. You you guys know what I think. I think that team is a lot better than people thought coming into the league or coming into the year. When you look at the defense, when you look at the offensive line, the fact that they had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones apparently banged up, so we'll see if he plays. We'll see if uh, Christian Watson plays. I, I don't know. But Jordan Love had several years under Matt LaFleur learning that offense. And now Matt LaFleur, the play calls and everything they had last week, yes, good point, Marsh with Chicago, bad defense. But I thought Matt LaFleur called a, called an excellent game last last week. And Jordan Love looks good in this offense after one week. They are not smoking mirrors, Jamie. Anthony Richardson, big week performance in week one. Smoking mirrors? Um, Marshy, I'm going to defer to you. I'm I'm eyeballing the schedule here before I make my final decision. Um, if I'm going to say Green Bay is smoke and mirrors as a team, I have to say that Anthony Richardson is smoke and mirrors at least for right now. They played a Jacksonville team that doesn't all that doesn't do all too well in Indy. He played all preseason. I I feel like that definitely helps getting those reps in. Um, he did look good, though. I mean, he looked good. I still think there's some things that he needs to work on. So I think for the time being, I'll say smoke and mirrors. I'm going to say that he's not smoke and mirrors. He's a very talented individual with a really bad team right now. But when I look at the schedule for this team, they have a lot of games where he's going to probably have good games. You got the Texans. The Rams, the Titans, the Panthers, the Buccaneers, the Titans again. Wow. Like, <laughs> the Texans again. Wolf. It's like, a fourth place schedule. I yeah, feel true. like the schedule sets up for him to be more successful. Yeah. So I'm going to say that he's not. I don't think he's smoking mirrors because I don't know if anybody's calling him. That's true. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Actually, there's probably more people saying that he would do bad than he would do good. Yeah. I think a lot of people were surprised. He's very raw. For and, sure. And that could have looked ugly in the first week. And I, he had the Colts leading in the second half by by four at one point. I, I think he is right now where he is in, in his development, which is really early. I, I think he looks good, and I think he's going to continue to progress. I think he's the type of player that could run for two or three touchdowns, mm-hmm. throw throw one, but he could also look like Implode. Josh Allen. Yep. You know? Yep. I, I could see night. that. I could see that, too. Smoke and mirrors. We'll do one more. Miami Dolphins. You think that team's smoke and mirrors, or what we saw is legit? I think it's legit. If Tua stays healthy, that's legit. Mm -hmm. If Tua, for some bad, awful reason, gets hurt, then I could see some smoke and mirrors, just like last year the wheels fell off. Yeah. But no, right now that that team is not smoking. Oh, I agree with that. They've got the only the only concern I have is the offensive line. Believe it or not, like the defense. I've I've been saying this. I think Vic Fangio is going to turn that defense around, despite what you saw last week. The offensive line is a bit of a concern. Everything else, that Miami team is going to be good in the first half. I think they're going to they're going to get off to a nice little run here. All right, biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. It's time for the biggest question of the day. All right, we talked some blues hockey earlier today. Had Chris Kerber on the show as well. The question for you today, what is the biggest challenge for Craig Berube heading into training camp? Well, for for me, it's reestablishing the culture here in St. Louis. And he's got a lot of great pieces in place. And the new faces that Doug Armstrong has added to the roster are certainly going to help that. But you got a big challenge. You have a team that was not good on the special teams last year. So you have two areas of massive importance that you have to improve upon. You have a group of players that um, haven't necessarily played together a lot. You know, you uh, new faces in Kevin Hayes, Oscar Sundquist, as well as guys who were new faces towards the end of the season last year. So I think there's still some gelling that has to happen. I think defensively, this team has to change its scheme overall. Whatever they were doing last year, which was a couple of different versions of what they were trying to accomplish, that didn't work. So I think that Craig Berube and his coaching staff, one of the challenges they have is getting that system in place and then getting the players to know it. Inside out, top to bottom. So from a defensive side, Obviously, they brought a new coach in to sort of put in a new system defensively. Which defenseman benefits the most, in your opinion, from this system change? Well, I think they all do. Mm -hmm. I really do. And and talking to Craig Berube today, the focus is on taking away the middle of the ice again. The focus is on having a strong net front presence. The focus is not having defensemen vacate the front of the net. So, obviously... Yeah, there's two ways of looking at last year. Obviously, you look at it as, I guess for lack of better words, a failure on the defensive side of things. But are you able to learn from it? And I think the answer to that is yes. I think Craig Berube and his staff uh, certainly identified what the problems were. Uh, there were some changes made in the offseason. Do I think they were directly reflective of Mike Van Ryan? No, I don't believe that to be true. But there obviously needed to be a change of voice. Do I think that Weber coming in is going to be the ultimate fix? He's just a defensive god? No, he's not. The systems that they're going to be creating and using are going to be a group effort. Steve Ott, Craig Berube, Weber, they're all going to be on this together. If if you don't think Al McKinnis has a voice in this, you don't think that they're going to use other voices around the organization to get an idea? Well, yeah, they are, as they should be, because as a team that has prided themselves on defense for the last, well, decade, really. More than that, since Ken Hitchcock took over, this team has been strong defensively, and it wasn't last year. So I think for me, you know, that's part of the biggest challenges for Craig Berube is establishing that system, making sure the players know it, and then making sure the players execute it. That's the challenge. And what do you do nowadays when guys still won't play the way you need them to play, yet they're making five, six, seven, eight million dollars. Right. So the challenge is being able to control your roster in a way that guys feel like they have to contribute defensively, that they have to play a 200-foot game. You mentioned some new faces. One of those new faces on this roster could be Nick Ritchie. What should Blues fans expect from Nick Ritchie if he were to make this team? He's a big physical guy. 
and he loves running into people. He's got good skill. He's got the ability to put the puck in the back of the net. Now, look, is there a reason why he was unsigned? Yeah, he's kind of, he's been a bit of a journeyman in the NHL. But last year was a pretty good year for Nick Ritchie. Overall, when you look at it, in, in, in you know, 58 games in Arizona, he had nine goals. 16 games in Calgary, he had four goals. I mean, that's 13 goals for a guy who had a limited role on both teams. And he still ended up with 53 penalty minutes. Not that penalty minutes are a positive thing because, you know, you put your team on the penalty kill. But what it shows me is this guy plays physical. He plays tough. He will finish his hits. He's going to be a lot like uh, a Torpchenko out there, kind of running around, hitting bodies. But I believe he has more offensive upside than a uh, Torpchenko. Nick Ritchie, again, was a top 10 pick in the NHL draft. Does that mean everything? No, it doesn't mean everything. You could always go back to every draft and find a guy that was 10 to 15 pick, and you go, ah, that guy never panned out, so Mm -hmm. what makes you think this guy will? And for a greater portion of his career, it really hasn't panned out because he's been on one, two, three, four, five different teams. Five different teams, only 27 years old, but he still, in in 2016-2017 with Anaheim, had 14 goals, 15 goals in 2021. Like The ability to score goals is there for Mm -hmm. this guy. Now, do I think that that's going to be his primary role with the St. Louis Blues? No, of course not. But we go back to style of play, Mm -hmm. to which we covered in the first hour of the show, is this Blues team is going to be way more of a get-in-on-the-four-check, get the puck, possess the puck, work the cycle, keep the puck down low, be a big team that that plays heavy, get to the front of the net. That's the type of, that's the style of play that you're going with. That's why Craig Berube, or Doug Armstrong rather, he added, Kevin Hayes, six foot five. Oscar Sundquist was six foot three. Mm-hmm. And now Nick Ritchie, six foot three. Mackenzie McEachern, six foot two. Some big bodies. And all those guys can skate pretty well. Sonny, probably the least ability, and that's just due to injury. Mm-hmm. And he's still working his way through some of that. Being on the ice with him recently, uh, you know, he's still the same old Sonny. He's out there. He's got a great attitude. The guys love him. He's going to get to the dirty air. He's going to help your penalty kill, too. You get guys like that, like 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 Sonny, he's going to help your penalty kill tremendously. And you get guys like Kevin Hayes, he's going to help your power play. So I think that adding a guy like Nick Ritchie, who, by the way, he hasn't made the team yet. Right. He's we're, like, we're acting like he's made the team already. <laughs> but if you look at the past, a lot of the guys that Army brings in, mm-hmm. he doesn't just bring in bodies just to have bodies on the roster. Right. He brings in players that he believes can make the team and have an impact. You look at Mike Hoffman. Although it wasn't the ultimate impact that you wanted, he still had an impact. He was great on the power play. That guy was a power play assassin out there. And, he, you know, that's why Army signed him, because he needed that offensive output. So you look at a guy like Nick Ritchie here on a PTO, and I think that it's the same thing. Army has a vision for this player. So does Craig Berube. But it's up to the player to perform now. If Nick Ritchie comes out here in training camp or in preseason games, and he isn't running over people left and right, if he isn't blocking shots, if he isn't causing chaos in front of the net, then he's doing himself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Because we've said this a million times and people get mad at me for saying this, but Craig Berube's giving you the answers to the test. <laughs> yeah, He has, especially if you're a guy like Nick Ritchie. You're a journeyman guy. You know this team needs some grit. Mm-hmm. You know this team needs a net front presence. You know this team needs an identity on their fourth line. If you don't go out there and take that opportunity and run with it, that's on you at that point. 
So let's say he does make the team. He's inserted into the lineup. Who was on the outside looking in? Yeah, uh, you know, right now you got guys like Nathan Walker, Mackenzie McEachern. These are guys that could be, you know, at risk. Mm-hmm. And I know Mackenzie McEachern just signed that that two year, uh, one way contract, but nothing is guaranteed in the NHL. The money's guaranteed, which mm-hmm. is great for Mackenzie McEachern, but your roster spot is never guaranteed. And so when I look at the the bottom six players, like I think Torvchenko, I think he's. He's a solid player. He's in there. Yeah. Do I, Sunquist, yes. Blay, yes. Those are guys that you can sit there and go, yep, those guys are automatically on my roster. Mm-hmm. And you dive into a little deeper, you got Walker, McEachern, and Richie. So where do I think this ends up? Mackenzie McEachern's going to have to play exactly the way the Blues need him to play. He's going to have to add a little more physicality to his game. Yeah. He's fast. He gets in there on the forecheck. But for me, he's got to have way more of a physical presence out there. And I don't just mean like run into a guy and make a hit. I mean like run into a guy, punish him, get involved in scrums, blocking shots, doing all these things that show me that he wants to be a regular in the lineup. And Nathan Walker, one thing he proved last year, he's not afraid. Right. And he throws them pretty good, too. For a little guy, he throws his hands pretty good. So that's going to go a long way with his opportunity as far as getting a chance to stick with this roster. But overall, I feel like those guys could be the ones that have to have a real big training camp. Anyways, it'll be exciting to see it as it shakes out here. Uh, Coming up next year in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN, we got uh, criticisms, compliments, and what you missed. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com, your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Interviews we did today, where we talked to uh, Chris Kerber about some Blues-related topics. Jamie and I discussed how many roster spots are actually set in stone for the Blues, and Jamie uh, broke down what the signings, including the latest signing, Nick Ritchie, means for the Blues' preferred style of play. What does it tell us about that? We played NFL Smoke and Mirrors, Hot take or hot garbage, an NFL better bet, and discussed why Marshy's Vikings could be facing an 0 2 start as we head into Thursday Night Football tonight. We have Eagles Vikings kickoff at 7 15. Marsh, you got any criticisms or criticisms or compliments today? Yeah, from the uh, 618, we were talking about Max Scherzer earlier today, and this texter says the Cardinals signing Scherzer next year would be the equivalent of losing five parlays on any Sunday and then betting five times your normal units on the Sunday night game. Sounds about right. You could also describe it as uh, going across the pond on a Saturday. Because when you if, when you struggle on a Saturday, Jamie, the last game is usually Hawaii. What? What is that? Why is that, Anthony? Well, they, they play on a they play out there in Hawaii, obviously, and uh, they usually play the like eleven thirty game Eastern. Mm. So, last game of the day to try to, you now, know. Now, why would you recoup. bet that game? Well, you, you typically don't want to, Jamie. But if you had a rough Saturday, so you think, it's uh, you, you think about uh, you know getting it all back. Less of a wager of like feeling good about it, but more a wager of save my life. 
Desperation. Yeah. Call it what you want. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Either way. All right. Uh, we were talking about Anthony enjoying a nice game of Clue instead of Yahtzee. Yeah. Uh, from the 314, in the pool weapon was the side of the pool, and we are looking for Anthony's killer. Good call. Yeah. Well, now, I think we know where it is. Would it be the side of the pool, or would it be Anthony? Because um, you kind of did that to yourself. Wow. You did this to you. Boy. Wow. It's a whole, uh, what's that movie, Inception? Yeah, Inception. Yeah, basically, uh, Jamie, what you just did there, it's kind of an Inception. You know? I'm thinking of like Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Island. Yeah, you another, never know what's going Leo on. Yeah. Flick. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Shutter Just Island. Just mind blowing at the end right. when you figure out that. Oh, spoiler. I won't it, say it. Yeah. Some people haven't haven't seen it. It's been Shame out. Of, it's been out a while. Yes. But I appreciate you not not delivering the ending. Like even much. the Sixth Sense. I'm not going to spoil that one either. Some people haven't seen it. Right. It's been out for a while. Yeah. Bruce, we'll just say Bruce Willis solves the mystery. He does. Does he? He absolutely does. Oh, yeah, he does, eventually. Uh, from the 636, my compliment is that you guys are the best to listen to when you get home from work and got to mow that lawn. Great show today, guys. Nice. Thank you. I, I don't picture a lot of people mowing the lawn and listening to us, but uh, that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that because so as I. someone who... Uh, likes to mow the lawn. Mm -hmm. I like to listen to different things, too. They kind of keep my brain occupied. Do you usually... See, I listen to music when I mow the lawn. Do you listen mm -hmm. to music or a podcast or, in this case, your favorite radio show of all time? Yeah. Uh, I'll listen... I, I, I don't... Uh, I'm like a... Let's call it an audio ninja. I don't limit myself to one style. Okay. You know? Sure. So if I'm feeling a podcast or if I see that there's a podcast that happened throughout that week that looks interesting i'll cue that up hmm. if not um and i want to listen to some music i'll do that like different playlists i don't know it's like whatever mood i'm in yeah whatever strikes you yeah well said this is from the same texter the 636 my criticism is that oh. we haven't heard any of dj marshy marsh's rhymes in a long time it's overdue do you still have the the rhymes that you can you can pull up right now uh no do you uh, do you Marsh. feel, Marshy? <laughs> do you feel like I don't believe you? Given ah. the opportunity, uh, you could put together a rap song, not I, on the spot. I mean, I'm th I think I have about three originals that I could play a concert for, for uh, for the people hey, of San you know Louis. What? I Why got you choose three. I got somewhere where you can do that. Where? Yeah, it's gonna be uh, wait a weekend. Really? Of, uh, yeah. There's you a know, whole weekend. I think that Marsh. Sure is. I think that Marsh should wait until we have a horrible show <laughs> and Marsh specifically doesn't fare well in that show and then hold the concert. What are you trying to I say? I feel like that's on brand, Anthony. I think you're on something there. I think. Yeah. And totally take away the sense. attention of the bad game, yeah. uh, show. Yeah. He would be doing it for us. Yeah. For know? sure. He'd be offering his services for us. You know? I like that, Marsh. Good stuff, kid. Well, thanks, Anthony. I'm glad uh, I'm glad that we can have a full a full show. Mm. Or I guess it would be after the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Concert of sorts. Absolutely. Right here in the studio. At least three songs. From the 636, F you, Jamie and Marsh. 
<laughs> That's when we were giving it to Green Bay. Oh, oh no. Yeah, Packers fan. Because I remember that popping up. I was like, what? And I go, oh, Green Bay fan. <laughs> I said they're smoking mirrors. I I did say they're going to be better than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, but you had them like last in the NL uh, in the yeah, so uh, they're NFC be Central, better, right? Or North wouldn't Central that, used to be. Wouldn't that be me saying they're I mean, better than I thought? Yes, it would. Technically, yeah. yes. In the court of law, Anthony. In the court of law, you would be okay. Yes, you, you'd be absolved. Thank you. We get a text from the six one eight. I've listened to you guys all day in Uh-oh. the tractor. Thanks for keeping me entertained. Mostly. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's a true statement. Mostly. Mostly. I mean. I mean, we do have a four-hour show. We're going to have some misses. Yes, we are. Yeah? For sure we are. Um, tractor. I can see that. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Uh, the tractor. I'm sure it's not fun all the time. It'd be fun for us because we don't do it on a regular basis. <laughs> right. For him. Who for knows? him, he might be like, dude, <laughs> screw you. <laughs> I really hate you guys. You may love it, though. You may. Uh, this show the, is our tractor, you mm-hmm. know, and we love it. Interesting. From the uh, 937, didn't you hear Mars talking about Stefan Diggs earlier? Concert today, then. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't say the word character. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I was, it took me like three, that I almost the, said caricature. That was Marshy joining the yellow reading group. That what? No, it's orange. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the yellow might be worse. <laughs> yeah, they invented a yellow since I've been gone. It's it's even worse than the orange. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. Hey, it, listen, Marsh, we've all been there. Hey, it I was a tough read. It was a tough read. I mean, it was in English. Come on, Come Jamie. On. Are you serious? I don't, you're putting me down before I have to go watch this terrible football team play football. But, Marsh, gotta... just think about this. You'll be at Cybergs before we know it. Yeah. Yeah, baby. In me. All those hopeful Vikings fans in the first half. Well, yes. He's going to walk in there <laughs> and all the Vikings fans are going to be like, hey, listen, you know, look, hey, defense didn't play that bad last week, okay? Eagles, they, they offensively, you know, offensively, the Eagles weren't great last week, okay? They got set up a lot in the first half because of fumbles and, and turnovers by the Patriots. So, I think that we got a shot. If Kirk plays well, he doesn't turn the ball over, and Justin Jefferson goes off, and I got to tell you another guy, TJ Hawkinson, he'll, he'll play well. He'll play well tonight. I think we have a shot. Call me crazy. Anything else? Save you a seat. Thank you. It's fast lane on 101 ESPN. Half, though. Shh, what does don't that worry conversation about it. sound like? Don't worry about it. We'll be fine tonight, the old Minnesota Vikings. Hashtag skull. <laughs> skull. Skull. <laughs> skull. That's their thing. Yeah, I think you said skull. No, skull. 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 Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag Jets. Jets hashtag. See ya. <laughs> You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.